0: fight. We don't have to kill. Everybody in the wide world really just needs to chill. No, we don't have to bust. No, no, no. Have- Hello and welcome to Just Chill with Oliver George, Episode 8. We got the light on. We remembered this time. Uh, first off, I want to start off by saying if you want to contact the show, you know what to do. Email justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. And I also want to start saying, subscribe, guys, please. I'm getting lots of views, but I could use you just clicking on that button. It would go a long way. Um, the guest today is uh, what I would call my second rando guest, someone that I don't really know, but I'm excited to meet you, and uh, you seem extremely interesting. Um, so I was going to call you AC because that's what you seem to go on on some social media, but you prefer Andy?
1: You can call me either one, but uh, let's, let's stick with Andy today. So let's, Andy let's get Tran. personal.
0: Yep. here he is. What's up, man? Good to meet you. First off, you know, in in the flesh, we've done a bit of digital interaction, but uh, you've told me a lot about yourself. I got to say, you're a DJ. You work at Health Canada. You're into sports. You're a single dad. You're a YouTuber like me. That's kind of how you mainly reached out in the first place. So, uh, man, like, where do we even start? Uh, What what got you into YouTubing? Because you told me you recently got back into it. You, You sort of had some older videos. So where's the spark that reignited this for you?
1: So, uh, well, I started my YouTube in 2014 Okay. and that was uh, during a rough time in my life. I was just about to get married and, and obviously I'm not married anymore, not not long later. So just having to go through that entire experience and all that stress, I was like, you know, what, I'm going through some problems right now and I'm finding things that are helping. But what's really helping is just getting out there and talking about it, really. So connecting. Yeah. yeah so I, the audience that I picked to do that was the whole world. So I decided to go on YouTube, made some videos back then. I had no idea what I was doing, just in front of a webcam, no special audio, no nothing like that, no editing just skills. just kind of like talking about
0: your life and stuff? Yeah,
1: or? and just kind of just throwing it up there, and it was like, you know, 15, 20-minute videos, whoever watched, watched, whoever didn't,
0: didn't. So kind of just like vlogging almost?
1: Yeah, well, kind of just like self-help kind of stuff, you nice. know? Just standing in front of the webcam and like talking about a specific uh, topic, and I would do like a quick script, and then so just kind of sit there and just talk about it, and I put really interesting because now that i'm doing a little bit of research on youtube and i look back at like how i did it then versus like how i'm doing it now there were things that i did back then that were like awesome like picking really engaging titles that people would actually click on okay and today it'd be a little bit different but like now that i'm looking back at my old videos i'm realizing all these things but what reignited this whole passion for me again was now that i'm kind of on the tail end of of that rough stuff that i was talking about in my life i'm able to be back in that space now where i'm getting back to myself being happy again and then you know you know sharing what's maybe helped me along that journey Nice and uh, and YouTube itself, it's it's like it's it's so much learning, you know. It's like you, I you, find it's
0: really user friendly. I've been finding personally. I'm sure I'm still doing a million things wrong, but like it's it, the editing and the uploading videos, they make it pretty pretty easy, you know.
1: It is pretty easy, but I mean that's just one element of it, right? Because on, on the creation side of it, and then you have like the marketing side of things, well, and that's the
0: part that drives me nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Analytics and, and like thumbnails, like everything is like it's pretty much like running its own business. Yeah, it's There's not so a side. Many layers. yeah layers. Yeah. So I mean and, and that's what that's what I love in life. When something challenges me and something just forces me to keep growing and learning, I love it. It's gonna keep me there.
0: Yeah, it's an awesome feeling to really put your mind to something and then be able to look back and say, like, hey, remember that guy that didn't know how to do this? And then you just feel like you've evolved and grown, you know. I, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, so I want to talk to you about your day job though a bit, because you said you worked at Health Canada specifically in corporate mental health.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. So um, it's just a one-year assignment, but it's something that I, obviously I'm passionate about. I, I do a lot of that stuff on the side on YouTube. So um, I'm, I'm working in corporate mental health, so I'm responsible for, you know, mental health initiatives and programs for people. So it's like an are, HR kind of a job? Or? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So corporate services. So, you know, uh, we plan all staff events and different events that are going on. Uh, in October, we did um, a, a panel discussion on men's mental health that I kind of got to plan and do all the questions and facilitate. That was I think it's still cool.
0: a little more taboo to talk about than you know, like oh, there's yeah. There's a lot of guys I think that are still really shy to open up. It's getting better, but I mean, I'm someone who suffers suffers from mental health issues of my own. I don't know about if you fall into that category as well, but uh, I don't know. I feel like sharing is always the best way. Maybe don't overshare if you don't know the person, but opening up is always going to be better than trying to keep all those feelings in and trying to navigate what can be a complicated mental situation and landscape depending on what you're suffering from or dealing with. You know what I mean?
1: I think we I, all suffer. Uh, on a spectrum when True, it comes to yeah. mental illness and mental health. And, and I don't that, think
0: there's anyone that goes through their life just like from birth to death. Like everything was fucking perfect. Great. Yeah. Like, I mean, I
1: don't think that's life itself, right? I think life itself has to do with there's yin and yang. You has to be good, there has to be bad. So because of that, things like mental health and men's mental health are are good things to talk about to help bond men together and to help bond people together, actually. So when you're
0: in those moments of distress, you have more lifelines and people that you feel like you can really reach out to. That's what
1: life's all about, man. Life's all about connectivity, right, with the world.
0: Which is so weird because we're in a, a world now where we're digitally like more connected than ever. But a lot of time it feels like the opposite when we're speaking like emotionally and caring for your fellow person and all that it's it's almost closed off you can feel like you have so many followers but then no one to really talk to or whatever you know well that's
1: because it is an illusion exactly right a lot of the a lot of folks growing up i mean we're lucky like how old are you now
0: i'm turning 34 tomorrow
1: oh great hey well happy birthday man Uh, so i got to be on the birthday episode here so look at that um our generation we were really lucky From what from what I see, when I compare our generation with generations a lot younger than us, like we actually got to grow up in an age where we didn't have cell phones up until maybe like late high school, early
0: university. Yeah, I've talked about this before. We kind of hit puberty while the internet hit puberty. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. We we fall in a weird, weird small, you know, percentage of of age group or whatever you want to call it.
1: We didn't have computers in our houses growing up. uh, For at a pretty young age. AOL
0: or like really dial up. Yeah, 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 pretty bad. I
1: mean, but we still went outside to play. Like, I mean, that was the thing to do.
0: Yeah, because if you wanted to go on the internet, you could get shit done, but it took a long time, right? Downloading anything, even when it started to get better and people had Winamp and that shit, it was still like you'd put like a song, one song to download while you were at school all day or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Or maybe an album or whatever it was. But
1: So again, it, it wasn't very useful, uh,
0: but but it was it
1: was a, definitely an advantage to us. Uh, it's not like we learned anything less than the people that are learning today. We, we had a nice
0: like, mixture. You know, we had to learn the basic ways to sort of, like you said, play outside and you know, find other ways to entertain ourselves. But then we also aren't as challenged with technology as maybe the generation before us, they might struggle a little more, you know, 100% 100%.
1: and just those two topics right there, like the men's mental health, and you know, just bashing millennials and and, you know, how we grew up in technology and stuff like those are literally like two five hour episodes on their own, you know what I mean? So pick your poison, we can go either way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, mental health is I mean, obviously something that's rings true for me but it's I don't know I mean like where, where do you start with a huge topic like that I, I could just list what I deal with myself but uh my, my mental health is mainly anxiety mm-hmm. most people that know me know this it's not a secret by any means and uh, I suffer from pretty bad OCD as well so mm. well that's a great start right you
1: ask where to start exactly. you start with yourself yeah or right? you talk about what the things you're going through you share your your story you share your relations with other people and then that's how people connect with you and then that's where we figure things out I mean, a lot of people try to start in the books, uh, the psychology side of things. Self-help books and stuff. Not, yeah. not even the... I mean, like, the textbooks.
0: I'm oh, okay. About like medicine. And, the academic and... Yeah.
1: I, know, I mean, like, going to the doctor, getting diagnosed by, like, a, a psychiatrist so that you actually have to start taking drugs for what you're going through. Oh, stuff. okay. I mean, I, I, I don't... I think that's a great tool. I don't know if it's the, great, the best start.
0: Yeah, I would never, like, medication shame anyone because mm-hmm. it definitely can of, work for some people. Yeah. But I, I think that people should... Unless you have, like, full-blown diagnosed schizophrenia or something. But, like, if you're not... If you have the opportunity to try, at least that mm-hmm. that's how at least I approach my mental health issues is like, um, I'm not ashamed of them and I have methods for dealing with them, but I feel like it's your duty to still keep trying to better yourself. It, you know, you don't have to feel bad because you have anxiety or depression or whatever, but you shouldn't let yourself just succumb to it. And I'm not trying to shame people who, who maybe have a harder time with that, but like 100%. always keep trying to climb that mountain, you know what I mean? Or, or get out of that shadow or whatever you, whatever metaphor you want to use, you know? Because what else What else can we do? Keep trying, you know? Well, Everybody. What
1: do you find helps with, with your anxiety?
0: Well, weed. Uh, <laughs> but that's actually a tricky slope, too, because um, I found, especially lately, the higher THC stuff, the older I'm getting, the less it appeals to me. I do like some, because if I don't have any, I, I feel that can be anxiety. For me, it's like a nice 50-50, like maybe 10 to 15% THC, and same thing for CBD, and then it balances out nice. The CBD's been a huge game changer for sure.
1: Yeah, like a nice hybrid blend, I guess. Yeah, because I think...
0: I'm okay with higher THC, but it's got to be like the end of the night fucking... Just gonna watch Netflix or something like brainless, you know? Just
1: well, do you remember when we were growing up and we were getting weed like off the streets and we had no idea how much CBD was in there and how much THC was in there? There was no CBD in there. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. like just mostly THC. You're just basically just getting fried like every single day with your buddies.
0: Not only that, man, but there would always be jokes in high school about like this shit's laced with something. We literally had a joke with this one dude who would always leave leave us waiting because he was like a senior, right? And we were in fucking grade nine, freshmen, and he would make us wait for like an hour to buy like a dime bag that was like point seven or whatever. So we would make jokes that he was spraying the, the weed with Windex because it always had this weird chemical smell when he gave it to us. And yeah, it was dark times for, for potheads. <laughs>
1: There's always that one guy in the hood who sells the weed that everyone thinks his stuff is laced. So it's, it's hilarious. But um,
0: Which is so only something like a fucking high schooler would think of like oh yo this shit's laced with pcp it's like do you think people are gonna waste pcp yeah, yeah. to fuck up high school kids when they're smoking weed like exactly or like what's the benefit you know?
1: of spraying with windex anyways you know too. Like, yeah exactly yeah. it's just unless you just genius. want to hurt people
0: which unfortunately there are people like that but never uh, drug dealers that i've met
1: yeah exactly not the ones you want at least no no oh,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, you've been smoking weed a long time then or
1: yeah, I mean, when I first started smoking weed, I was like uh, 12 or 13. <laughs> Same here. I yeah, was so, pause 13. Yeah, so grade eight. And um, a lot of the buddies like I hung out with within the neighborhood had older brothers. So, I mean, they're definitely like the the number one source of of pressure, I guess. Especially when you're or at least to opportunity. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they have it. And, you know, I mean, they're in high school at the time. We're still in middle school at the time. The schools were separated. And, and yeah, that's kind
0: of how we got into it. Because um, I think peer pressure is a bit of a cop out. Like, I do think that you can be peer pressured by your peers, but a lot of the time, what people call peer pressure is actually pressure they're putting on themselves. Internal, yeah. You know 100%. What I mean? 100%. And and that's, that's what it, I did in grade nine. It was well, like that's what oh, I mean. smoking section. I get instant friends or whatever, you know?
1: That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. So it's basically the peer pressure that you put on yourself. That's a good way to put it for sure.
0: Well, it's also, um, at least where weed's concerned, it's also a bit of an escapism at that age when you're trying to like, navigate um, high school, which can be, you know, you're trying to do the social side and you're also trying to make sure you got your, your schoolwork on top of things. And I don't know. It kind of still is though, eh? Sorry.
1: Kind of still is a bit of escapism, I guess. Is even especially when you get to that higher THC kind of stuff, because when you smoke it, you're, it's basically a write-off.
0: Yeah, that's almost why I don't like it. I, I like having THC be an active part of my life, but I like to still uh, be productive and creative. And, and I find if I if I mess around with like some 25 you know indica or something i'm just done it's not even fun like i'm the same way right now yeah and yeah. edibles kind of the same edibles I, I will admit that the body buzz if you're like sore or something and you have the ability to just like right off the night that's when i like doing edibles because they always make me want to nap they always make me feel very like jelly in the body like nice and relaxed muscles and shit so they have their uses but
1: well, no that's the key right i i pretty much only smoke now well it's 12,
0: 12 in the afternoon I have smoking now, but the only one, it's like
1: right before bed and like I've kind of
0: got everything in the day done. Oh, I just yeah. do sativa during the day. Because mm-hmm. sativas, I mean, they can be risky too. The, the risk with the sativa is that a lot of people will complain, you get the paranoia. Because uh, yeah. it can make your mind race. Mm-hmm. But if you smoke or vape or whatever a sativa and you have something planned out and you just go do it like we'll do it and then go to the gym yeah, yeah. and then you crush because you just got all this extra energy and you're actually putting it somewhere you know that's true but yeah, if you just true. hit a sativa and sit on your couch your brain's just gonna drive you fucking crazy.
1: Uh, yeah again this is this is like all still like relatively new stuff for me right being able to you know f- go for a sativa as opposed to an indica and you know go for that higher cbd when back in the day and i'm not ta- i'm talking about when i was like in university yeah so not, not even that long things. ago yeah, yeah yeah not very long ago and it was just like okay if i wake up in the morning and i'm ripping a bong hit that it doesn't matter what's in that bowl i don't know what i don't even know what's in that bowl how much yeah, cbd you how much tbc yeah. it's like i'm done i'm not
0: going to class you're definitely going to take a nap after eating something at like yeah. 1, 1 Oh, PM. and a huge
1: meal at one oh yeah oh
0: man same thing in high school like my parents always knew because i would come home after school and they were like why are you so fucking tired like yeah exactly <laughs> running exactly. all day at school it's been a rough day at school no, it's because I was skipping class. Oh, my God, James 100%.
1: Yeah, I would, yeah, I'd be the same thing. I'd come home and just take a nap. And, like, again, my parents would think it would be a rough day at school. But, you know, actually, I skipped the entire day. Yeah, go <laughs> downtown like, or something. Yeah, with or just weed to my buddy's place. And, yeah, so.
0: Yeah, a lot of Jamaican showers were had Oh, my God, hours. yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like part of that's on the school system in that I don't think we teach kids, especially in that age group, in the right way. I think that we, we need to give a variety of subjects, but I think it's a little too broad. It's a little bit like, I don't know. I, I just, I think we should be helping people find out what it is they're really passionate about so that they're, instead of just teaching them how to fall into the woodwork of like capitalism and like, I don't
1: know. No, I agree, man. And that's part of what my channel is a little bit about too, right? Um, one of my podcasts is, is the Grind Over Chatter podcast. And that podcast, we actually talk to people who have interesting jobs or things that they've done in their life that are... Maybe started off as a passion, but then turned into like a business. For example, one of my first episode is with my buddy David, who's a professional poker player.
0: Oh, yeah. You mentioned yeah, this. Yeah, we went to school together. And That's got to be a life, eh? Dude, this guy's Jesus. making
1: millions right now. So he's a very, very talented player. Um, I, if I, I was
0: him, I would totally dress like a Bond villain all the time. Yeah, probably. Just to eh? intimidate people, yeah. shave my head, get a fake scar over the eye. No. Yeah, yeah. True. Please but, continue. Sorry. There's probably a
1: couple <laughs> of guys on the tour who are already like that. So I think he's he's just content just doing what he's got to do. But you know, it was, it was awesome just hearing him and and it's not even just his particular job, you know, being a poker player. Because I, my intention is not to show this video and like get everyone to start playing poker. Of
0: course, it's to find something that you want to wake up and go do. Like
1: yeah, that plus like w- what inside this passion? Okay, what are the some of the things in poker that make you a successful poker player? What are some of these details and, and skills that people can adapt in their own lives?
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: and. Like being able to read people, for example, and I'm trying to think because it's it's been a while ago. and stuff.
2: Yeah, not even just.
1: I it's guess that's just, not really. It's, a- it's just like it's like that sport mentality too. You know, it, it's it's that competitive uh, spirit and never giving up.
0: Well, I was going to mention that because you said uh, you were always a big sports guy, and that's one yeah. thing that I, I have a hard time seeing eye to eye on. I don't okay. have anything against sports, but I've just always been like the last guy I picked in gym class my whole life, kind of thing. Same you know? with <laughs> me, man. Same
1: with me. I wasn't. I'm not into sports because I'm good at sports at all. You know, I think I got into it because my dad was a big sports guy. He was a big Maple Leafs fan. I guess
0: a lot of people, honestly, it's it's a parent that yeah. gets him into sports, and yeah, it's good on the physicality side, of course. But the competitive nature. Um, I don't know. I'm not like a let's give everybody a trophy guy either, but yeah. I do find that. Uh, Sports, when I was a kid, I felt it, like, just stressed me out, like, because there's always these, like, hyper-aggressive, like, guys that thought gym class was, like, like, they're going to, you know, get a medal at the end or something like that, and they treated every gym class like that, so if you didn't make the shot, there's just mean kids when you're growing up, Those guys
1: don't grow out of those problems either. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. They're
0: they're, they're probably still assholes today, some of them, but...
1: Well, because the big part of the men's mental health stuff, to, to go back to that, is masculinity, right, and how we deal with and look at our own masculinity, and that's one huge part of it, athletics, competitiveness, right? Yeah, And being big and strong. And like for a while, like, dude, I'm not a, I'm not a big guy at all. Like, I'm, I'm 5'9", about, like, right now, like, 155. At my peak, I was, like, 170, 172. But I was always wanting to go to the gym and, like, I wanted to be big. That was always my goal, right? I didn't care to be, like, healthy or, or, or anything like that. I just wanted to get bigger. My big, my muscles to get bigger. And, and every time yeah. I've been in the gym and I'd be looking around at the other guys, like
0: no matter how hard I tried and how much There's I always lifted. always somebody bigger. No, no, no. I was oh, okay.
1: always the weakest guy in the gym. Always. No matter what. No matter what. But
0: that's all how you're looking at yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's about
1: how you look at yourself. And it's about, you know, being realistic with your goals and like, re- and being hard on yourself too.
0: Well, and realizing it takes time and perseverance and patience. The gym is hard. It's it's a, like a, a lifestyle you really have to adapt to, especially if you're not a sporty person like me. My whole 20s, I, I didn't exercise at all Dude, because scene, because in high school, I, re- I hated sports. I was like other than dodgeball and archery, everything else. I was like, man, it's just bad memories for me, you know, and it took me until my 30s after a divorce and other things to realize that I didn't have to associate fitness with sports. Oh, for sure. you know what for I mean? Sure. Yeah, and that sure. there was reasons to do it just for yourself. And it doesn't have to be this macho thing. It's just to feel better, you know, and I weighed 30 pounds more 10 years ago than I do now. I looked oh. like less healthy back then, you know um just even getting back into it sometimes because
1: like my my, i grew up pretty much sounds like the similar way with you like in in my late teens and in my entire 20s i was just smoking weed drinking and smoking cigarettes
0: yeah well i quit cigarettes around 21 or something but yeah Oh, that's good well i was a kid when i started in grade nine or whatever same thing so i smoked about nine years but
1: yeah so this takes a toll on your body you know especially your lungs and stuff so getting back to the gym it's like I feel like it'd be like five times harder than anyone else who was dusting just off like, the cobwebs. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Well, yeah, especially if you're a smoker of cigarettes. I can't imagine working out, doing any kind of cardio has got to be brutal. I see
1: people who, like literally smoking cigarettes after their workouts and stuff. Like so that. weird. Like, oh. Well, yeah. after
0: you open your lungs up yeah, and all yeah. those, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what what in your lung cells, I guess, C- what capillaries. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, there see, you I, go. I was waiting for him to jump <laughs> so in. Dad's a four. Well, my dad's uh, got a master's in biology oh, too. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wow. It's so weird. My dad and my mom both have masters in biology. That's correct, right? Uh, mom's a bachelor's. Oh, mom has a bachelor, mm, sorry. Okay. But um neither of them like did anything with it. That's how you they met like studying bugs or something. Oh really. And then my dad worked for Nortel and my mom became a nurse. Oh really? Just like how do you meet studying bugs and then That's a whole podcast. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I yeah. want to interview my dad at some point, but Oh, you should. That'd be awesome actually. We still had a lot of bugs growing up. My parents would have like this big uh they had a table with all these butterflies in them, with their pins in oh, them. Really? You know, like really cool, gnarly ones, and and different specimens and stuff. So I guess they were still into it on a hobby level, or that was just what relics from the past. They're both. Yeah, it's crazy. Like to the to this day, if we're like outside and some weird ass bug flies down, my dad will be like, he'll he drop like the scientific name no, in the exactly and the genus. Oh, he exactly what it is. And yeah. then he will crush it. Just crush it. <laughs> no. No, no, kidding. No. no. They actually have these weird ass. Um, they're not wasps, are they? What are those big? Uh, so there are wasps. Okay, they have these these big things that look like wasps. They're like about that big, no mm-hmm. joke. And uh, they don't sting though, right? No, no. Well, they do their prey, but not human. They wouldn't mess with a human even if you messed with them? No. no, They're they're what, they're very specific. They're parasitic organisms really because they lay their egg inside the embryo of, uh, you know, like a caterpillar or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, so they let them build these tunnels in their backyard in the patio in between the cracks. You'll see these little yeah, holes. Yeah. And then in the summer, they just have these big ass wasps flying and coming and going. But they think they're cool. So they just well, kind of like your pets. Can I ask, like,
1: what in nature is the purpose of these wasps? Because they don't, they don't make honey or anything. Like, they don't pollinate. No, they're,
0: they're, There's they're part of the food chain. Their purpose is the same as ours to live. Yeah. yeah.
1: And to procreate. That yeah. is literally like my theory of like humans are parasites of this earth. Yeah. To a degree, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we're, we're either the the top level,
0: of the we're at the top level of the food chain, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to our brains, if we didn't have our brains, we would be prey to the top level carnivores, right? Mm-hmm. That is true. There's a what you're saying about humans being parasites. There's a wicked Chili Peppers song from Blood Sugar Sex Magic that's all about humans wrecking the earth. What I, was that? What was that song? Uh, I think it's called P-O-P, I think it's called Pro oh my god i have to look this i'm a up.
1: huge chili peppers fan too though i, I gotta
0: low-key look this up while i'm talking to you because or can you look this up down yeah. chili peppers blood sugar sex magic is the album that was an awesome album. It's track number eight i just want to know what it's called you so people could magic. look it up or i can i can put it in the, the notes of this episode later it's just such a good track and they, he talks about he says holy mother earth crying into space tears on her pretty face thought she had been raped or something like uh, that and he says global abortion please that is what she needs mm, just, wow right mm. that's some deep lyrics mm-hmm. um yeah I've been a huge chili Peppers fan my whole life it's probably one of the first bands that made me want to listen to music oh really yeah yeah I went on uh, my parents brought us to like Universal Studios the whole Florida trip mm-hmm. when we, I would have been like grade nine and okay. I was just starting to listen to some music but I didn't really know what kind of music I like uh, okay and then I went to some little shop there and uh, that was the CD I bought and I just like fell in love with just the funky Oh yeah, you man, know, yeah especially,
1: especially from especially like, that, trigger, Sex Magic. Yeah, I yeah, going to say album that album
0: too. just starts with that uh song The Power of Equality. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so amped up and like energetic and I don't know but then they've got really pretty songs too where they well, slow everything down well the next couple down.
1: albums right because when you talk about By The Way and you're talking about uh, oh I might even on that album. album oh even on that, that album song, yeah, um, yeah.
0: I Could Have Lied number six oh I love that's my favorite song. Songs, and dude. the guitar solo was like dude, fucking insane literally one of
1: my one of my top five favorite songs of all time
0: and number two also uh if you have to ask you know that really yeah, funky yeah, yeah, track yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because there's a guitar solo at the end of that one where I think he's like freestyling it or something because at the end, you hear everybody clapping and going like, woohoo, like they can't believe what they just heard live, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to it again. That's that. my favorite yeah, part yeah. of the song. No, just the name of the song. Number eight. It's on uh, something, Pro- Prodigies of Peace or something. Is that it? Could be. Sounds familiar. Uh, I don't know. I'm on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic. What's the name of the album? Blood, Blood Sugar, Sugar Sex Magic is the album. Yeah. There, it's also a song, number 10 or something. That is a good yeah, song yeah. Too it's anyways it's number eight on that album we'll find out just just let us know when you find it um so sports wise though you do play volleyball you were saying That's yeah, yeah kind now of...
1: yeah well the thing is like because i was i felt the same way as you right like any any other
0: sport like let's say it was like football soccer like basketball especially which is a sport i actually love to watch i hated volleyball the most did you it hurt my arm and then saying that made me feel like such a little bitch but you build <laughs> you
1: you, that builds right oh, yeah, literally you get your like arm a, gets gets stronger becomes callous. like yeah this is literally <laughs> like bricks right now oh shit so um uh, so yeah, no volleyball was actually the only sport that I was actually even decent at, and I didn't even know I was decent with, at it until like I went to a trial when I was like grade eight. You just nailed it. Grade seven, grade eight. Yeah, I was just I was just better than the rest. Okay, like team, a natural. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just in volleyball, but everything else was trash. Or everything else actually made me really discouraged about sports, to be honest. So that's my
0: experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I played volleyball for my school team for about three or four years, uh, up until maybe like mid, a little bit, probably grade ten, grade eleven, and then I stopped. And then like that's when I went on like cigarettes, weed drinking partying, And
0: And then you don't want to do any sports. Yeah, exactly. So I was like,
1: sports are done. Like I'm retired basically at that point. Crazy. And, um, I didn't start actually getting into it again until this year or last year because of, I know, as I was saying earlier, like this is when I'm starting to feel better about my life and like, no, I actually have a little bit of time and I think it's important to be balanced physically. Definitely.
0: In your life. It's so good for your mental health too. If anyone is struggling with mental health, that's the main thing I could say. If I have anxiety, Cardio is always going to help mm-hmm. weights too. that endorphin release. When you lift like some really heavy shit, I fucking hate doing weights for the record, but yeah. the way you feel after is really good. It's the closest thing in the gym I've ever had that felt like I was on some kind of drug like when weights? I've really pushed myself with oh, yeah, some yeah. kind of weight related thing. A pump just that feeling after you're mm-hmm. like, Whoa. And, and I don't do it a lot. Mind you, like I'm not huge by any means, you know? Um, which is cool. Cause or interesting when you were saying your, your drive to go to the gym was just to get big. I've never had that really desire. Yeah. I just want to not be fat. I want to just be able to keep drinking beer and eating pizza and stay like about that's the same ex- that's my goal now.
1: <laughs> that's literally my goal now. Uh, but, but yeah, no, no, for sure. Like I know a lot of people have their goals in, in the gym and, and women too, women go through that same thing too, right?
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, I should say my goal is to not go back to the 30 pounds I had 10 years ago. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. That also, oh, yeah. but 100%. back then I didn't realize that was a goal for me was to lose that weight. You know? It was something that came with that mental shift of like just in starting to enjoy fitness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if you're making yourself go to the gym to the point where it's like the worst chore, last thing on earth you want to do, it's so much harder to get into it. You know what I mean? Well, if you go with like, that's why I like the sativa. I go there with the attitude of like, fuck it, I got this energy. I'm going to try and crush it as best I can. I'm not the strongest person. I'm not that amazing in the gym, but just do my best, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. That too, because, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, going to the gym is probably one of the best things for mental health. Uh, most I, of the I time, most of the time. But here's the thing, because here's something that I realized this year, because I was going through a bit of a burnout, like about like half six, six months, seven months ago, and had that same mentality about, you know what, physical activity and like pushing myself and like, and just really just giving myself my all in the gym is really going to help relieve my mental health. But I talked, I talked to a naturopath for a little bit as I was trying to get better because was like, man, nothing's working. Like, I don't, nothing, like I really I need help at this point and he was just like looking at my life looking at my schedule looking at my diet and stuff and he was like man you got literally so much on the go and probably in like a day or two or in the span of three days you have just like one hour of leisure time that you could literally just be sitting and just resting and just chilling but you're spending that hour in the gym like literally trying to like push yourself to like, like a motherfucker so you can get big and he was like at that point you're just putting extra stress on your body and you're literally gonna burn out faster than anything and also number two you mentioned if you don't like going to the gym and you dre- you're dreading going to the gym, but you're going there because you think that you're doing something for yourself, that mentality of not wanting to go to the gym is literally going to hurt you more than like the benefits of the physical. Exactly. You yeah. know, when you look at it like a holistic kind of
0: sense. Yeah. You're going to have a, just a bummer vibe still. Yeah. So
1: you got to like, yeah, yeah. So you got to be careful. Like I, I see some people who are like that, who are super busy, but still like, really really push themselves super prioritize the gym yeah and then i'm just like you know just some it's okay to rest okay that's that's literally my only message well i was gonna say
0: yeah when you were talking about that it makes me think of that joe rogan podcast where he had this sleep expert on and that guy Mm. left a message in my mind that sleep is like the most important thing essentially it beats diet and exercise those things are obviously still important but apparently you can be dieting like a motherfucker and working out every day but if your sleep is shit you're yeah. not going to get the kinds of results you want. And you're probably going to be a miserable bastard to be around because you're going to be a grumpy, you know, if you don't sleep enough, it changes your personality for sure. And because you feel like you're struggling the whole time.
1: hundred percent. One of the biggest blessings in the world that you could possibly even have as a human is to be able to sleep easily. Right. Because there's some people who have insomnia like, is the worst. Man. Yeah. Like imagine I that Like you that. can't rest even if you wanted to. Like that's, I get that's bad bad. That
0: because I've done so many overnight shifts my whole life mm. and I still do at the hospital. And oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, uh, I like being up at night. What is it you do again? Uh, I sterilize surgical equipment. Oh, okay, okay. And I work, uh, you know, a few shifts a week. I'm a stay-at-home dad primarily, but uh, my fiance has a wicked schedule as an ICU nurse. Oh, amazing. She works uh, 12 hours, but like four days in a row, which is a long stretch, but then she'll get like five days off. Okay. So during the 5 days when she's off I can pick up shifts at the hospital and Oh nice. It's a sweet job oh, too so. The
1: flexibility is key. <laughs> but
0: you- yeah, well it allows me to do this, you know, have a pretty flexible schedule and um for comedy and You do podca- comedy too, right? Yeah, yeah I was when just going to ask I you about it that. in, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you like like stand up?
0: Yeah, I mean I started like 5 years ago just kind of messing around and doing it here and there but I was really intimidated and even though I was doing well, yeah. I had a lot of like um you know, successes off the bat where I should have been just kept that flow going. But I don't know. I don't know what it was, man. It's hard. It's hard to get up and do it. You know, it's literally
1: the hardest thing in the world, if you ask me.
0: And it's still, um, but frequency is so important. And that's one thing it took me like years to realize. And I'm still trying to like actually act on that. I know it to be true now, but I still have a hard time. But that's honestly more just scheduling in life. And starting a podcast hasn't helped that at all. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the end, I like doing this more too, because I feel so much more natural here. And I feel... Um, you know, I have enough anxiety in my life, and when I do comedy, it definitely brings out some anxiety. Is as it me- a
1: way to help battle your anxiety a little bit, though? I, I like the more you go up there, does it? Get yeah, done? yeah, it's
0: a mix. I mean, that's why doing it regularly definitely helps because you're like, oh, I just did this last week. Yeah, it's not so scary. It's work, basically. It feels like work. Well, and you just don't build it up in your head as much uh-huh. as if you know, if you haven't. Let's say you're like an avid skier, and then you don't go skiing for three years. The first time you go skiing, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Am I still like... Do I still know what I'm doing? You know? Mm -hmm. And then stand-up just a beast. The nature of it is, like, dude, so random because the crowds are random. The locale can suck. Like, you know, there's so many things that might be working against you.
1: People don't realize that. People don't realize how hard it is to actually (laughs) go up there uh, to do a quick five or six-minute set.
0: That's actually what stresses me out the most about stand-up. And I always wonder, like, if you get really famous, does that change? I don't know. But the time limits and shit is what really gets to me because... Um, I'll practice at home knowing that I have like eight minutes when you go to yuck yucks or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, I time it out here and it's perfect. And then every fucking time when I do it live, it's like two minutes faster.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh, cause you're rushing it. Yeah. yeah cause
0: yeah. you're kind of like, I, I haven't gotten comfortable with, um, like the silence, which, mm. which actually builds in some people's acts. It helps like, but it's so hard. To just be on the stage and wait between jokes and just let it be silent. I just want that either me talking or the sound of laughter, which is not realistic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's why I power through my sets half the time. I don't know. That's why I like doing um, uh, musical comedy, because I have to pace myself. I got to uh, pick up that guitar. There's a chord structure. There's a tempo. Um, that's when I feel most confident. Oh, you do
1: that too? You're actually up there and you play like a funny song and stuff? Yeah, know? that's
0: honestly what I've been leaning towards the most. We did a show at uh, Vimy Brewing Company in November, which mm-hmm. was like all musical comedians. So four of us just got up there and did a mix of stand-up and then funny songs. And wow, man. That was man. A, a really fun show. Uh, Shout I, out to those guys.
1: I, I kid you not, like doing a, a set on stage somewhere... Like a stand-up, maybe even like a five, six minute is literally at the top of my bucket list. Just do it. Yeah, I know. I know for sure. Um, I have a lot of friends in the game too.
0: Everybody, my buddy Terry's the same way. He's uh, going to come on here sometime soon because he, for so long, I was telling him, you got to do stand-up. You're funny when we hang out. He just says zany shit and he gets everybody laughing. And I'm like, come on, man, you got to do it. And he wanted to. Uh, And then finally, I did some show in uh, Renfrew at like a curling club. Mm. And there was like 12 people in the audience. It wasn't my finest moment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Whatever. You got to take the gigs when you get them. And uh, part of that gig, because I was driving a bunch of people out, Somebody dropped out, and then I asked the lady who was organizing it, like, is, would it be cool if my buddy tried? He's been wanting to, like, try his first time. So he did five minutes. and He did pretty good, oh, man. Oh,
1: good. He actually tried it. Good.
0: Yeah, and for a, I filmed it for him and stuff, and he didn't, like, slay or anything by any means, but most people bomb, or a lot of people bomb their first time, and he Not actually... Had everything in life. He had a lot of the stage presence. He wasn't, like... He didn't seem nervous, which is one of the hardest things. Yeah, yeah. Because you can get the audience with you. There's a lot of people who, like, even their material might need some work, but they have that... That charisma, you know, that's probably mm-hmm. how I get by mm-hmm. half the time. A hundred percent. It's like, oh, it. he, he's got a guitar, or, you know, whatever. He can be a little something different, but I, I know my shit's not that good. I gotta, I gotta work on my writing.
1: It's the fact that you know that is great, right? Because then you can you can build on it. Because I, I watched this video at the end. I probably should have shared it with you before this, and it was it was so inspiring. It was called the creative process. Okay. And some people in the filmmaking group were actually I kind of connected with you through. Um, let oh, tri- me down let me down a like a pigeonhole of like YouTube videos, because you know how the algorithm is. And then it led me onto this video uh where it was basically just about how to become a better content creator, how to become like a master at what you're doing, right? Because no one's gonna be amazing right off the bat, whether it's creating YouTube or or going doing stand-up comedy. Like how to be captivating kind of. Yeah, but it's it's not even thinking about that. It's it's basically saying like, okay, look in your and I think you're you'd you'd appreciate this because you're a passionate type of guy too. And it was like, look into the reason why you started doing this. Okay. You started doing this because you have good taste, right? Because you wanted to create something that would entertain you and you have like hopefully that. Hopefully others, yeah. And hopefully others, right? Yeah. But hopefully if you have good taste then you would think that others would share your it taste. would be appealing to someone, hundred yeah. hundred b- percent, that's why we do this. Th- that's why we put it online. Otherwise, we would just keep it by ourselves in our hard drive and listen to ourselves. Yeah,
0: because if you thought legitimately that you suck and you're terrible, why would you want to advertise Why would you that? share it? Yeah, share exactly, it right? Yeah. So uh,
1: obviously no one is able to create something as great as their taste at the beginning, right? So there's a gap between like what you're actually doing and and your taste. And they're like the only way to actually close that gap is to keep on working and growing and learning and learning and learning until at one point you actually will reach that that point.
0: And then maybe even keep going. Yeah past, but, past oh, your hundred percent to
1: something that you never even knew you could do. But yeah. a lot of people and, and that the whole idea is like a lot of people kind of quit when they reach like that maybe like ten, fifteen percent point right there. And they just think, like, what they're creating is never just going to be good like, at their taste or they're not getting, like, the analytics or, like, the reassurance that they need from, you know, viewers
0: or whatever, subscribers, so. Oh, and it's easy to start comparing yourself to anyone who's doing well on social media or whatever. Like, Everyone this guy is, has yeah. a bajillion followers and I've got four or whatever, you know, like, it can be pretty, uh, but you just have to remind yourself, like, who cares? Like, is that really why you're doing this?
1: Yeah, 100%. Like um, a, a, an important topic that I was just thinking about the last couple of days and I thought I might want to get into today is something like that. Like the comparison mind, like having that mind. And I think uh, like social media feels a lot of that stuff too. It's having that mind where you're constantly comparing situations and people and things to everything basically yeah. else. So, so it, it, ba- it literally itself. almost everything we talked about today actually kind of goes back to that sometimes. Like yeah. you know, me being in the gym and having comparing, comparing my mind with the other people that are in the gym and, and all that and whatnot. So I mean... That's something that I think a lot of people need to work on. Uh, and that's kind of, kind of why I got into my YouTube too. Yeah. Is to get people to start just thinking a little bit differently about these things that might change your life a little bit.
0: Yeah. Stop using external stimuli to base all your values and how you're going to run your life. Yeah. And try to look inward. Like, 100% yeah. look
1: inward. Like in, look inward instead of outward, basically. That, that's, that's the whole idea. Well, you right? got to right.
0: cast your net, though, because you mm-hmm. can pick up, first of all, you can make new friends. Mm hmm example a yeah yeah, come yeah, on no, sure. but uh but just learning things uh, the guy who was on uh, matt champ a comedian he was on last episode and he was talking about how uh if if two people walk up to each other and they each have a dollar and they give each other a dollar they both still have a dollar but if each gives each other an idea now we both have two new ideas mm, interesting you know what i mean I like so that. yeah you, you can't close yourself off completely and live in a bubble like I, I love just meeting new people with this show and uh, I know what you were saying about getting discouraged because maybe you don't have the kind of results and analytics Yeah, but that's why I love sticking to a plan I'm like okay if I just keep doing at least one episode a week mm. and then two three days later putting that up yeah in a year, I'm gonna have like fifty some odd videos, yeah, yeah. and they're all gonna be an hour or whatever long, you know, and all these new connections and You've
1: every, already gotten better too, like just even from your first couple of videos where like you just had one camera and everything. it's Yeah, just, well, that's, if that's, you're that's talking I mean. tech, yeah. yeah, I think I'm trying well, to be a, a better host a too. Like that's literally a big part of getting up to that level of taste. It's literally just growing your production, growing your creativity, growing your flow, growing as an interviewer. All that. Yeah, stuff, that's you know?
0: that's what I'm really trying to focus on because it's hard. Um, I get very excited when I speak to people, so it's hard. Certain people, you just like ah. I don't think you so are. It...
1: I don't think you are. I think you're pretty natural. Yeah. Or at least so far, how it's been. So I. I, I sometimes, sometimes it can it be it the off.
0: flow that you have with the person, though. It's hundred, weird. Hundred, sometimes there's just it takes like two to tangle, right? it's like taking yeah. like a plug and then another plug and just trying to fucking. Hundred percent. Fucking, and then it just works. Yeah. You know, oh no, I meant up. like if you're taking two plugs and there's no outlet, you're just like oh this yeah, doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Cool. Just sometimes personalities don't mesh, and I think that can that can be worked upon, but it's hard. It's an uphill battle sometimes. It's weird. That's what makes me kind of believe in like energy and astrology and whatever other weird shit you want to throw at me. I'm at least open-minded just because vibes are so real sometimes. But that's the
1: exact same philosophy I use when I talk to my guests before I talk to them. Like You know what I mean? Just exactly what we talked about when I first walked through the door. Uh, It was, uh, like, do you have that preparation in one hour interview first? Because it's always going to go well, mm. right? I mean, and, and my assumption is that oh, because it goes well in that first hour when we start recording, it's still going to go well or better. But it rarely is.
0: Oh, you want to grease the wheels a bit? And yeah, exactly. Get... So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit I'm afraid. I'm the opposite. I'm yeah. like, we we say nothing to each other uh, until the no, not not literally. I'm like, am I going to get robbed? Like when I <laughs> No, I just hate getting into like really good combo yeah. and then realizing none of it's getting recorded, and yeah, it happens yeah, yeah. every time I have someone come over the small talk turns into interesting talk. And then I'm like, Oh no, we got to sit down and get this. But well, that's why
1: people vlog sometimes too. Yeah. Right? Just like,
0: so they don't miss a,
1: yeah. Cause they just think interesting stuff happens in their life and then it just pops up and then, Oh, it
0: well for, I was going to say for comedy, first of all, you should try doing it sometime mm-hmm. and anyone who wants to try comedy, it's not that hard. You go on the Yuck Yucks Facebook page. I think it's the launching pad or the new talent showcase. There's two different ones. Mm -hmm. And absolute comedy has something similar. And I think they both do this, but it's like the 15th of the month or something. You send your name to a a generic email that everybody sends their, Hey, I want a spot or whatever. And then a week or two after that, they'll put up, or I guess the next month at the very beginning, they'll put up the, the dates for each week and who's on. And it can take a few months sometimes where you have to, especially if you're new and they're like, we don't know you. Um, but you'll you'll get in eventually they're really they want to give everybody a chance and if you're god awful they'll still probably give you another chance because that's part of comedy and sometimes people need to evolve and or everyone needs to evolve and grow
1: and most people give up 100 percent after the first couple of times if they bomb on stage maybe once but i mean have
0: you gone on tours no uh like i've gone i've done a set in toronto back in the day Mm -hmm. i did a show in montreal in like this apartment show which is actually super cool um it sounds sketchy because you're like, what? It's in nah, an nah, apartment? But it was like a loft, and, and they've been doing it for a while, and Matt's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I did that Renfrew show, but no, basically just Ottawa. I don't uh, – with three kids, man. Like, it's, Oh, yeah, 100%. It's going to be tough. I would do it. it. It's weird because with comedy especially, it seems like you have to like – Struggle, struggle, struggle forever, and then maybe you end up being one of these guys that tours with a bus and yeah. gets a Netflix special and all that. Yeah. And then it'd be easy because then the money comes with it, and the organization gets easier. And the, you know, hey kids, I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks, but then yeah. I can take three weeks off because I'm getting a big fa- paycheck Hope from. So. You know what I mean? Hope so yeah, yeah. Best case scenario. I'm yeah, talking. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying for me that's going to well, happen tough, by man. any means. Um, it's
1: it's a, it is a tough industry.
0: Yeah. yeah, and and also I feel like with comedy, I don't know. I've just always enjoyed doing it. I, like i said there's anxiety sure but mm. I, but it's fun that's mm-hmm. why or at least i try to keep it that way and i want to every time it starts getting you know to be a bummer i don't want to do it anymore and then i'll take a step back that's and be like All right, yeah. wait until i feel like i got a bunch of fresh new jokes and maybe i'll never be a world-class comedian because i don't do the grind every day and and work those material and forge those jokes into you know that's what you really got to do but um mm-hmm.
1: If you want to make it that that huge, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll, I'm okay with being someone who doesn't suck at comedy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I'm going to lean into who the musical side. I think that's, if anything, where I'm going to go. I'm going to keep doing live shows, but I'm going to focus more on just writing funny songs nice, that I can then do accompanying music videos for, that I can release on my YouTube channel. You know what I mean? That seems like a decent plan right there. So,
1: Dude, I, I respect the art of comedy so much. Uh, even the element of creativity behind it too like you know even the writings i think writing songs might even be harder than writing jokes that are funny sometimes it depends who you are
0: right well yeah that's why i'm lucky i guess in that sense because there's a lot of comedians who um know a couple chords or they'll figure out a couple chords mm-hmm. so that they can try the musical comedy angle but like i played music when i was a kid and and did that for years and years and years before i ever even tried doing stand up so um yeah for me writing songs is easier i think honestly when i do stand up i don't even get stressed out when i'm doing music stuff because my brain's just, like, I don't know how to you're explain it. You're comfortable in music. Yeah, I'm not I'm yeah. not just, like, I'm not just talking. It's like, oh, these are lyrics, and there's a beat, and there's so much more structure and, like, oh, pattern. It's not structured 100%, 100%. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a pattern, so it's easier for my brain to remember, so I just, uh, I don't get stressed that I'm going to forget anything. Yeah. But when you're trying to just, like, lead people along this story yeah, or and then, and then cue segues. them
1: for, cue for laughter and stuff, and uh, it's going to be tough to kind of, like, ride that wave a little bit, right? Because it's a little bit more uneven, when you're doing like an actual just a stand up routine.
0: And that's what I also learned is if you're doing musical comedy, you can um you get to fuck around with stand uh, like a bit cuz you can have a little intro for the song yeah. and you can have a little outro for the song yeah. and maybe a little joke that connects you to your next song, mm. but you don't have to ha- like remember these like 20 minutes of like okay and then this and then I talk about my stepdaughter and then you know yeah, whatever yeah. it is, you know. And and I have so much respect for people that can go and do like an hour. I'm like Oh, like the specials. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I'm assuming Who,
1: who are your favorite comedians?
0: I don't know, man. I have so many. It's it's a very hard question to answer because I I'm not uh, I'm not a hater. Mm-hmm. I guess like if you make me laugh even a little, then I respect your game. Uh, anyone who's trying to do comedy to make people laugh, it's just such an honest like, thing to try I, I, to I, I do. Out of the like, big
1: ones, though, out of like the really big guys who are making like millions, going on tour. Oh, God, man.
0: Um, I like Bo Burnham I've talked about before because Mm -hmm. he also mixes the music in. And he was actually like a YouTuber and Vines and all that shit Mm -hmm. was how he got his start. But he's just a really intellectual guy. Same with Dimitri Martin. I've mentioned both of those as favorites. But I like a lot of the classics too, you know, like Richard Pryor and George Carlin. And um, those are the legendary kind of greats or whatever. mm -hmm. Not a fan of Bill Cosby. Uh, Not anymore. To be fair, though, (laughs) no, I wasn't even really a huge fan of his before. I just never really... His stuff was really wholesome, and I—not that I need like it to be really vulgar—but I just. I, I don't didn't know. watch
1: a lot of his stand-up though. I may mean, I obviously watch him on on The Cosby's and.
0: Yeah, I like I liked his acting more. I guess I remember seeing Ghost Dad when I was a kid, and being like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> this is pretty cool."
1: And then there's so many other guys who are the opposite, <laughs> who are just better at the comedy than they were at the acting right the guys like eddie murphy and oh yeah
0: robin williams well eddie murphy can be a great actor too but he definitely yeah, he was
1: pretty uh, he, he's pretty good at both but i've just said yeah he's yeah a his comedian. strength was like, on his stage. comedian was like it was, uh, his comedy was, just, it was it was strong you know it was hilarious. he was great on snl too right yeah. as oh, a sketch yeah. comedian yeah.
0: yeah versatile versatile guy I'm trying to think of other comics though like i love so many comics man i love all those guys from joe rogan's show too mm-hmm. they're all funny tom segura yeah, and yeah. christina p mm-hmm. and whitney cummings is really funny she is yeah um I don't know man. Any anybody you name who's a comedian I probably love him and for them. have seen That's at good. least one of their specials. Well,
1: you yeah, respect for the game then. I don't think it's anything you should ever give up or put I away. I used to love I. Dane Cook though, when yeah, I was. Yeah, was and funny. people
0: used to shit on him.
1: Yeah, I was I don't know. I, maybe it was the, the time that I was in my life like I wasn't a huge fan of his comedy. Uh,
0: I think I just liked his energy. Yeah, uh, yeah, energy. For his sure. ability to just like get an audience on board like they're his bros from college all of a sudden yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. just like, like so true, yeah. Like he's just got this electric energy and some of his bits were pretty freaking hilarious. Um Yeah, yeah. But I get why people don't like him because he he has like a sort of a douchey vibe, I guess, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, and people said he were, he was jacking jokes. That was a big thing back oh, in the day. Yeah. He was one of the few people that was getting accused of stealing, uh, I think, Louis C.K.'s jokes because mm. there was an episode of Louis C.K.'s show where like it was a fictionalized meeting of them talking oh, about really? him stealing his jokes oh yeah
1: was it actually with dane cook or was like yeah so- it was with oh, dane okay, cook okay, yeah because okay, okay, it was okay.
0: this was like you know 10 15 years later and i guess they had probably already hashed it out in real life oh yeah okay and uh, i didn't watch too many episodes of that that Louis. was a
1: good show though i did watch a couple of episodes of that what, show Louis. yeah Louis. yeah
0: another guy who's been uh kind of tainted his image in society i don't know
1: unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah. it sounded pretty sketchy but it was a bad time it was a bad time to get caught or come out with what he
0: did well and it should always be a bad time because you shouldn't be doing sketchy ass shit but what i mean by that is
1: that like in, in, back in the day like i mean like it was i mean i'm not condoning anything any of that at all i'm just no, saying course. that it was like it, it's a tough time to be like popped or something like that for, for it to affect your career to like ruin your career oh yeah like, he
0: got definitely caught up in the wave yeah. of the me too and yeah, all that exactly. like really he so, was I on mean, the crest
1: he paid a big price for that compared to like what other people would do. Well, now he's doing comedy
0: thing. again at certain places. He did. Yeah, whoever
1: would have him, I think. And, and I love the guy. I love his comedy, too.
0: He can be pretty smart and pretty funny, and I definitely uh, was a fan. I don't know. The whole situation's really weird because... It
1: turned, turned you off on him a little bit?
0: Well, any time that something like that, like a scandal happens, uh-huh. you're obviously going to pay attention. But I also realize that we live in a society where information is very... Um, unevenly distributed misrepresented sometimes and I'm not trying to be like a, oh Louis innocent like I don't really have a fucking stake in it either way I don't uh-huh. I, I'm paying attention I'm watching to the developments or whatever but mm-hmm. um, I don't know it's it's weird you never really know what really happened and there are people that try to exploit celebrities and try to tell taller tales Than like wasn't there something with Aziz Ansari where some chick tried to say that he had somehow like sexually abused or assaulted her and then it turned out that it was more just like a bad date and she was exaggerating everything or I don't know. Uh, I don't want to speak like I, I'm super fluent. No, this, I mean, but. there's
1: two sides to every coin. Right. And I think that's something that people need to, to think before they react to, to news. Because one of the most crazy things about the world, one of the most fucked up things right now is because, or is the fact that there is so much news coming at you every single day like yeah, in your face. Exactly. That's, you don't yeah. even have time to like determine is this real or, or fake? You're just absorbing it, absorbing it. And then the next thing comes, you absorb it. Next thing comes, you absorb it. And that's one of the scariest things. I went to go actually watch Barack Obama speak when he came here the last time he came to the Canadian Tire Center. Uh, I think it was like a month or two ago, maybe. Maybe longer. It was still warm up. Oh, out, really? So. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. So I I, I bought it come. Yeah, so I, I bought a ticket to go check it out. And he was saying, like, uh, talking about the future and, and technology. And he was like, you know, that, that's one of the things that scares me the most, that our kids are going to be growing up.
0: Your voice kind of changed, like, his a little bit when you started talking. Yeah, well, that's good. Hey, <laughs> I'm like, going to oh, use that. That's one of those things, though. Go to church with the wolves. Yeah, he, he kind of talks like <laughs> that, right? I'm not. I don't do a good. Barack, probably. Like, yeah,
1: I probably. Yeah. So I uh, guess I do. Maybe I'll add that to my comedy bit when I do it. I'll do a good Barack, and just confuse the hell out of everybody.
0: If you if you watched a couple videos, you could probably mimic it. I don't. F- I don't feel like he's hard as far as impressions go. Probably
1: not. Probably not.
0: That's uh, really uh, he yeah. does like those right, pauses. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. Like, he really like low baritone, and then it goes up. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah.
1: So I mean, so what? What again? One of the things he said was it was just the the the, the speed at which we deal with media right now it's it's extremely scary and you know facebook's building in mechanisms that are like kind of like f- i've seen it one time someone posted something and then like facebook actually had a flag on it says like this is untrue like you know this, this mm. has been fact checked really not true yeah yeah yeah. i have not I saw seen it once huh. and i was like okay that's great because they did promise that false they were news do that. or whatever they call it something news. yeah something like that it just it's just flagged as like untrue or unproven mm. I, th- I think it was the article was pepsi uh was proven To uh, Pepsi admits that they're that they know that there's like a carcinogen in their in Pepsi.
0: Sorry, yeah. If anyone's hearing the dog, must be the weed man. The the weed man's here. The weed man's here. Uh, Health Canada. Anyways, uh, so wait, yeah, it was something saying that Pepsi was admitting that they had a carcinogen. and then
1: this girl on my Facebook, she she shared it. And then when I saw it, it was like a flag that popped up right on that right on that thing, and it was like flagged as untrue, flagged this, flagged this or something like that.
0: Should just say like bullshit.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's what it should say. It's pretty much what it does say. And and I, I commented on it and I said that's what it said, and then she just deleted it right after that, but. It's important because I think a couple of big Facebook CEOs back in the day have stepped out of the, the board of directors and have stepped out of the company by saying that like Listen, it was this is ethically
0: wrong. Like, well,
1: this thing's becoming a propaganda machine, mm-hmm. right? And and it's just it's just swaying people back and forth at you know the court of public opinion and
0: everything. Well, Sasha Baron Cohen just did some Dude, uh, speech, I sh- right? Dude, I shared that about uh, that. Yeah, that the Nazis could be using Facebook if it was around back 100%. then. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I shared that. Ship. I
1: don't know if you. Yeah, yeah. So I shared that. Part of it might uh, have been you ago. that I yeah, saw probably, from. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah and he, I was like yeah Borat's right you know <laughs>
0: yo that guy is a really intelligent dude every yeah. time I've seen him give any kind of a speech on anything he's really got a lot of interesting ideas and he's very well spoken he's okay. not what you expect him to be when you watch his well, you watch movies. Borat and stuff like that but like, Borat and Bruno and whatever yeah. what was the other one didn't he have three? Oh, uh, Ali G yeah, Ali, was G. Ali yeah. G was Ali actually was around for fucking a while. hilarious yeah. back in the show have you ever seen him interview Donald Trump like this I've was seen back. That. Yeah, back way back in the day oh man yeah. Ali yeah. G is like trolls people so well
1: yeah 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 he's smart and honestly if you, I, I believe it when people say comedy is the highest form of intelligence because 100 100 dude that's why i told you like, i literally like have the utmost respect for everyone who does comedy or anything to do with comedy at all even writing jokes
0: what i love about comedy is that it's it's truly an art in the sense that so many people can do it and elicit like a, a comedic response mm-hmm. but in such varied ways just like music or just like art you it's, know what I mean? it is art well that's what it, i'm saying yeah anyone who yeah, denies yeah, yeah. comedy is art is, is full yeah, it's,
1: shit exactly like those are not the people you want at your show like you want people who go there who are going to appreciate the art of it. That's know? the
0: funnest part yeah. about doing comedy, in my mind, is just like all the other comedians you get to see. Yeah. When you're on a show and yeah. you just like you do your five you're minutes. Yeah. Like touring then... with
1: a bunch of bands, basically, right? It's kind of the same thing. Well, and they're really nice
0: too. If you just start performing regularly, even if you're not like amazing, they'll start like treating you like a comic. You'll show up and be like, "Oh, you don't have to pay." You oh, can. great. Well, it's like five, six bucks on an amateur night, anyways. Yeah. But it's just a nice. It makes you feel like, oh shit. And then the other comics will start to talk to you, and it's like. It's pretty cool. You feel it like you're in cool. the club or whatever. Well,
1: you have to do it for the passion, right? Because the pay is not always there. Uh, just much like for acting, right? Acting, it's it's such a tough gig because it requires so much determination and skill and talent. And so, yeah, time. I haven't done
0: a lot of acting, but acting I have no problem taking money for. Uh, it feels like more of a, a quick, easy exchange. Like, what's the scene? Oh, I got to say this or I got to do this? Cool. Here's my check. Okay. Yeah. But comedy, I feel like if I started getting paid for it in any big way, it would like mess with my head doing the comedy because right. I'd be like, oh, shit. I'm getting paid for this. Like, there's an expectation. Now. Yeah, like more because uh-huh. you're you're free winging it a little more than if you're acting. Yeah. If you're acting, you can't just like say whatever the fuck you want. It's like there's a script. You yeah, can, yeah. Maybe yeah. depending on the director, you can ad lib a bit or whatever. Maybe, but um, there's more structure, so true, it feels true. like more of a transaction. to Oh, me.
1: instead of a, a like a purely creative kind of thing, is what you're saying? Or
0: yeah, well, yeah. just in the sense yeah. that comedy, live comedy, is usually a little more a lot, free, yeah. and there's a lot of time people do crowd work and throw in a little improv and yeah. and this and that. So mm-hmm. not that I do much of those things, but. How
1: hard, you know the guys who MC the night, right? Who come up like and the do host like, or whatever. Yeah, the host. Yeah. He'll come up and he'll do like a quick one or two minute set, like between everyone's set. Yeah. Is that harder to do than stand up, or is that? Easier? I've only done that once, and yeah. it was
0: at an Ed the Sock show. Really? I hadn't is that done, where that came from? Yeah, I hadn't okay. done comedy in like eight months, and I got the opportunity to do that, and I jumped on it because I used to be a big fan growing up of his. Nice. Yeah, me and, too. And uh, I loved it, man. I was afraid to do hosting because of the crowd work part. Yeah. But I guess because of the type of show that it was. I didn't feel like the need to do a lot of that, other than like, hey, how's everybody doing? And that shit's easy. Like, are you guys ready to see Ed the Sock? And then you know, like, that's fucking easy, pumping people up. But like, asking someone like, so, where are you from? And hoping it goes well, that kind of intimidates me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But having to only do one or two minutes and then introduce the next person, and then you're out of there, right? Yeah, Yeah. and then then I'm sitting on the side of the stage and I can kind of look at my notes or whatever and be like, oh yeah, okay, that's what I'm gonna do next. Maybe switch it up based on what they said. Exactly. You know, it's it's a lot more flexible. So for me, I dug it, but.
1: I think that's what I'd like to do eventually. I, I think if I ever did put my foot into comedy like that, probably to be my hosting. end goal. Yeah, just get into hosting and MCing. Because I'm already I'm MCing weddings right now, and, and I think it's going okay. And I'm trying to start throwing jokes in and Definitely get the crowd will. laughing and stuff and just give myself a little bit of difference. Yeah.
0: But it seems like a more relaxed gig once the people, like the ones I watch who crush, like um Tavis, Tavis Maples Den. He's a guy who's at Yuck Yucks a lot. And every time I've seen him host, he's just so natural. He's so Mm -hmm. maybe he's nervous in his head, but to me, he always seems so calm, so Mm -hmm. comfortable. And then he always kills it. Mm. Like all his improv conversations with people in the audience, everything I've ever seen. The guy's, we're hoping to have him on in, in the new year. I think he said. it makes
1: a big difference, too, because if he's keeping the crowd warm and lubed up for the next couple of guys coming up, it's it, it, it keeps a nice flow going in the night, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And and uh, the opposite of that being if you get a bad host. Oh, my God. You'll screw like, everybody up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of kind of rules with hosting. I remember when Kyle was on here on the first episode, he told me he did a show uh, where they had some really like killer act. I can't remember who it was, but right before him. And he was already nervous because the person's like a bigger name or whatever, at least in his head, you know. Mm. And the person who was hosting just kind of said like, okay, well, that was great. I'm just going to bring your next act right out. And mm. he was upset because he was like hoping the guy would like reset the room. Because uh, if you're coming right off of somebody else, Reset the table, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have a different style mm-hmm. or whatever. It can be kind of jarring for the audience who's like just laughing at one type of humor. And then there's no in-between kind of like neutral guy. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting how when you watch people get into comedy, then you see them all kind of slowly deviate into like their their discipline. Yeah. Some people are like, I think I'm going to get into hosting. Oh, well, I think I'm going to do musical comedy. Yeah. I think I'm going to try and be a feature act. You know, I guess that's supposed to be the goal. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then some people end up just owning comedy clubs, and and that's where they excel. And some people get into podcasting. It's just comedy is so fucking broad. That's what I yeah, love yeah. about it. You know, yeah. and you can apply it in your life to the way that's comfortable for you. You know what I mean? You don't have to be a comedian who goes on stage to be someone who applies comedy to their life and has it benefit their day-to-day life, in my opinion. You make somebody laugh in your day-to-day life, that's good for both of you. That's good for the earth. Well, not the planet. But you know what I mean? Like the society or whatever.
1: For people, yeah.
0: Yeah, because maybe that person now is going to go about the rest of their day with a bit of a lighter spirit. Maybe pass a bit of that on. It's like a good kind of plague, you know, or like infectious
1: uh, even if you get a bad plague out there, you can use it to feed your comedy then too, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. it's like it's, it's like a cycle, yeah. Of yes, material, just keep on like recycling. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. With the volleyball stuff, I was gonna say you had said you were gonna have like an Olympic volleyball player on your yeah, show.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I'm working. Um, I'm working with with uh, Justin Duffer now. So he's a middle blocker who played for the Canadian Olympics in 2016. Damn. Uh, in Rio, actually. So yeah, no, tall dude, man, six seven. So is he
0: doing 2020 again or no?
1: No, no, he's retiring now. He's having kids oh, okay, and he okay. wants to do business school and stuff, and and he wants to change his. Uh, it's time for a change, I guess. Right? There you go, man. So he's, he's those can start. be the
0: coolest moments in life when you metamorphosize, you know?
1: Yeah. So he's settling down now, and he's uh, trying to like launch his volleyball camp. So I'm just trying to help him out with like marketing and and. Uh, well, it'll just be
0: interesting just... to hear his uh, his tales from. Yeah, the so Olympics I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to interview him too. And um, I've had a
1: lot of great guests, man. Like I've been I've been really lucky, and it's it's kept me going. Like I've taken a step back from the podcast in a little bit just because I, th- I feel like my stuff was all over the place. That's like uh, me. Yeah, it's it's a it's a YouTube problem, right? It's not a, a problem that's specific to you and I. It's like I was looking video, I was watching videos on it about
0: like, you know, how to grow a YouTube and how to, you know, people come, go either or. Yeah. People either niche hard or they do or like, they don't all at over all. the place. Yeah.
1: But it's I, they say it's much harder to to be successful if you don't niche. Yeah. Because what they say is you know some people subscribe to you and follow you because they like one certain thing about you right yeah and when they're getting notifications let's say it's my life coaching stuff. someone really digs what i'm saying for the life coaching stuff and like that and, and then they see ne- a video week, for like yeah dj vlog you know yeah. I mean? i'm all getting drunk and partying and like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah just exactly. trying to get paid and MCing and stuff and they're like you know it might be cool to them or i might think it might be cool for them but they'll just be like you know i don't want these updates and i'll just unsubscribe
0: i have such a like just defiant nature that the whole fact that you're supposed to pick a niche makes me go fuck that no 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 i know i'm that's
1: that's my initial reaction for sure 100 percent. And it's well, so hard for me to find a niche too.
0: This was supposed to be a niche podcast yeah. because I did a contest thing last year where I was trying to get this job being like a weed tester mm. where you're going to make a grand a month to review strains. And uh, I beat out like 25,000 people and wow. made it to the final 25. And then I got iced out of that. Oh, man. But, uh, but that was what sparked the idea to, to change my basement up and get everything up and running. So um, that could have been a niche. But then honestly, when I tried to imagine it, I was yeah. like, it felt so limiting just to even imagine doing...
1: Well, your niche could just be podcasting. Right. yeah honestly yeah, that's could, what i'm going for yeah is, yeah that's good e-
0: even just the first few episodes we had comedians on because it was like yo, know, they'll be funny but i'm really trying to just keep getting more whoever you know yeah. making new friends essentially just learning from other people's experiences and i want to i'm gonna try and honestly go to like Ottawa U and and be like where can i talk to like some professor that's outgoing it doesn't even matter what they teach because uh-huh. i could learn anything from a professor like yeah. whatever your thing is i could learn that you know Spanish? Let's do it. Well, that might be a little weird for a podcast.
1: Well, I got a whole ton of guests that you'd probably like and and would like to interview.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. Every person I meet, I'm like, hey, connect me with anyone that you know that's rad because I feel like you can trust friends of friends a lot of the time, you know?
1: Yeah, even if you just keep your eyes open in life, you know, sometimes you don't even realize the people you talk to, they're just the guy you probably talk to in the elevator at your building or someone on the bus next to you. You guys have a quick conversation. Yeah, such it's such a it's, story. It's amazing how many good stories that people have. Yeah. And that's kind of what sparked my podcast too, because I was like, okay, I hear a good story. And I was like, I don't have a mic right now, but I'd like to call you at some point, get you to come over. And I want you to tell this story because I think people need to hear it. Yeah. But one of the guys who was on my, my, my men's panel, my men's mental health discussion panel, uh, he was a director general at my work really high up too. So I was like, I was really happy to have him on that panel and he agreed to do it and he's a really really nice guy too so director general hr um when he was 30 he became a priest so ordained
0: priest oh crazy uh he had some kind of experience that made him want to like theology he just like studied theology and he he was religious his whole life yeah yeah, yeah. i
1: think i I would imagine so i would imagine so um and then but he he came out as gay shortly after and i think he was always he was always gay i can't remember i don't know if he was went to school was he in
0: a church where they were accepting of that or no
1: no, no, no. He, he was, no one was accepting of that back in the day. He's like, oh, I think he's probably in his 50s, 60s okay. right now, right? Yeah, so probably not. Some similar kind of thing.
0: Well, I mean, most churches, like Christian, Catholic, probably still aren't. But I yeah. know there's like Unitarian churches and other churches that are like, finally got over that Nowadays.
1: Nowadays. Nowadays. But imagine back then, like going through, you know, theology, becoming a priest, being ordained by the Pope, and like all that stuff, right? Yeah. And, and then, but not being okay with who you are. Not so being able weird. to communicate with who you are, so he's completely different. He's out in the closet now. He speaks about it publicly,
0: and he's not a yeah. member of the clergy anymore. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Not
1: a practicing member, but I think he's still officially, technically one. But
0: I'm sure he still has some relationship, some with some God relationship to it. And, I, own, and he's yeah.
1: not. It's. I don't think he's looking back in disgust or anything like that either. But it was interesting to hear his perspective on on masculinity too, because even guys who were you know straight back of the day, they didn't. Ha- they we still had our struggles with masculinity. Right, but imagine him now having to hide this whole other side about you so weird yeah. and yeah just have to deal with and at that, that that time and people still are just you know beating up people who are gay and
0: and just i know when i hear stories like that i can't even believe that's still happening in mm-hmm. this this year and day and age or race or whatever it's just so
1: dumb people will always find a reason to beat each other up man yeah physically and, and emotionally
0: and if people would just put like an ounce of that effort into trying to find reasons to connect with someone Man, the world could change like overnight. But there's so much media and
1: messaging back to that device and stuff that's actually preventing us from doing that. Because if we actually did that, if we actually all got together and we were all happy and, and all just really enjoying life and stuff, we wouldn't need anything else. We don't need consumerism. We don't need to go buy the latest iPad. We don't need to go buy the new. No. We would TV need press. like
0: things to survive. We would just like...
1: need time with each other. And yeah, we're just exactly. sitting around just enjoying ourselves and just eating good food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we would just enjoy that stuff. But because we're not, because we're sad, because we keep comparing ourselves with other people. Yeah. We go out there. We you spend, we spend, the we spend, we spend. Yeah, no, but well, we no, like should...
0: people spend when they're afraid and we're always constantly made to think that the fucking nuclear apocalypse is around yeah, the, security, the corner. Like, literally as soon as
1: 9-11 happened, like security stocks just blew up security companies were popping up everywhere and i know because i used to work security as a security guard during this time
0: yeah You're, yeah oh, they were just throwing money sure. there
1: were th- just companies were just throwing money at security companies just because everyone was just so scared
0: yeah people got crazy after that man yeah that was another weird thing from our age group like i we were in a weird age for that big event to be happening. I was we like were, f- yeah. 15 or something. We're pretty lucky, hmm. man.
1: I think the the, 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 the the generation that we grew up with. I mean, I was looking at. Well, not the to stuff say 9 11 is like a good thing. No, no, no. We're I are pretty mean, lucky. Like, it's we just, got to see those buildings fall. We got, yeah, we. No, it's, no, Yeah, yeah, of course. You no, know what I mean. I'm just,
0: just fucking You know what, what I mean, yeah. No, no. That's a horrible tragedy. Yeah, man, like death to America. No, but you—I know, edited that part out. <laughs>
1: yeah. But no, and I—I was, was looking over there, and I noticed on your shelf, like you have a lot of Simpsons gear too. Yeah, yeah. And I thought a, a Simpsons, Simpsons was thing. like, oh, was such a huge part of our—our—our our, our, our upbringing.
0: Such a huge part of why I got Disney Plus. Thirty seasons of the Simpsons. Oh, it's on Disney like Plus. Eight ninety nine. You have oh. every episode. Yeah, because Disney bought uh, Fox. So Could they be got like the a Simpsons. sponsored ad right here. Oh, dude. Oh. Sorry, but Disney buying Fox finally gets me my X Men in the MCU Marvel oh, that's right, movies, that's and that's why right. I've been waiting ever since they started making really good movies with like Iron Man and all that I'm like, oh,
1: my. X the X-Men movies
0: are amazing though I love them so Uh, f- well not like uh, as a huge X-Men fan like they have their moments yeah but yeah like,
1: but it could have been worse could have been like the Street Fighter movie you remember that X2 that is a really good movie oh yeah, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. The Street Fighter movie was god awful <laughs> oh it was god. like Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> yeah, right? yeah 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 oh my god that was terrible and M. Bison was played by the dude who uh, played um, what was his name Raul something Raul something Yeah, he yeah, played yeah. Uh, the dad on Adam's Family did he actually yeah, that's right. him yeah He's dead, too, unfortunately. Oh, Rest no. in peace it's there, the original Raul.
1: Gomez. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, well, the ones in the 90s movies. Yeah, okay. Adam's yeah, Family yeah, and Adam's yeah. Family Values. That's right. right, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, he was a good actor, but it was just a terrible movie, Street Fighter, yeah.
1: It was really poorly done.
0: And apparently they made an even worse one with the chick from Smallville, it Kristen Kreuk, called oh, chun Lee's Revenge or something. I did hear about that, but I luckily I, I didn't watch it. it, luckily. It was supposed to be pretty bad, I think, too.
1: Probably, I would imagine.
0: There was a really bad She's not drag. a
1: great actress at all, but... I don't, I don't want to sound like a hater or anything like that but i only I ever saw really her in like, smallville
0: and she yeah, i don't know i thought she did okay story. for the role i didn't think her role was always that interesting she was a sometimes feisty but she was kind of a boring character I a thought. little flat yeah what's her name was more interesting the girl who in real life went in the fucking sex cult yeah my um, god yeah allison my... mack that's oh the yeah, yeah 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 she Jesus was uh, i loved her, i loved chloe the character on smallville yeah, she was one of the yeah. better characters yeah no no
1: for sure for sure yeah it wasn't that some shit eh
0: yeah, yeah, she hey. was a, a pretty girl for sure, and she was like she had some charm. I, I just found Smallville for me got really boring after like yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, I four. wasn't huge into it. It was too CW. It was too just like made for tweens or something. I don't mm. know. Yeah, exactly. Arrow was kind of the same way. I watched like three seasons of Arrow, and I just kind of got me. You know, not to shit on those people. If you love Arrow, I'm sorry. <laughs> it can't be all action all the time. Right? No. All all fucking salmon run all the time. <laughs> <laughs> First time was super impressive, and the second time I was like, "All right, we get it. Yeah. You well, make us feel inferior as men." Uh, song number eight, the righteous and the wicked. The righteous and the wicked. Uh, that's, that's what the it's, one? they say. P O P, prodigies of peace, in the song, mm. but uh, the righteous and the wicked. That's what it's called. Yeah, nice. I'm
1: gonna have to check that out. Dude, for sure. it's a, it's, a, it's a
0: weird track, but it's really good. Um,
1: what else you got written down there?
0: Man, I got uh, a few more things. Oh, so your YouTube video, I didn't find it. Maybe I wasn't looking in the right spot because I found a couple channels for you. One that was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. that had your face, but it looked like it, it had 10 subscribers. I don't think that was... That's the,
1: my... Yeah, that's my the old school Email ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah.
0: figured it wasn't the current one. Mm-hmm. Um, No, but you told me about... You went to California, was it? Yeah, Los Angeles, yeah. So you made this video called 21 Years, 11 Days yeah. because you were able to meet a guy who was serving a life sentence, paroled, Yeah. and you talked to him, what, 10 days after he got out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That must have been... Heavy, I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah, it was definitely something, man. Did you
0: like have any prior communication with this guy, or was it just totally?
1: No, well, I'll tell you the story. Yeah, uh, yeah, please. I, um, and it made me think, though, actually, that with, I'm looking at that title and I was, and it was
0: another Wicked thing about. Title. Well,
1: no, it was another thing about growing YouTube. It's like no one who's actually just looking for a video to watch will. Reco- we'll even know what that title is about true
0: weird because i thought it was yeah. an amazing title but i was looking at it from an artistic standpoint yeah no no, no. i i think it's I a great like, title artistically too it's, it's ambiguous that. so it's like what the fuck is yeah that? what
1: does that mean yeah but with like 10 billion other videos out there like
0: oh and then when you find out what it does mean it's even more like oh, oh my now God. i gotta yeah, watch yeah, it yeah yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah but then at the, you gotta get to that point okay so what's the story though how did yeah, okay, you so how did this, this come to be so i was um i met my boy mikey uh, in vietnam when i was on my travels okay. and he's a really cool dude he's from new york and then at the time he was trying to figure out where he wants to go to law school and stuff so he's like he got accepted to Berkeley and, and USC all out in West uh in uh, Southern California. And he was just trying to decide which one to go to. And I was like, you know what? I, I vibed with this guy when I met him. So I was like, when you go to LA, let me know when you're there and I'll come out to visit you. Nice. So then that happened like about a year, year or two later. Like I went to go out to, to USC where he's at now. And you know, just to, just a link up and just just to visit LA. It's been a while since I went to LA and I love LA. I think it's Man, it's a great so city. So jealous. So jealous. Yeah. I'm gonna go I'm probably gonna go again every year because of this story. So um I started telling about my podcast and I was like, yeah, you know, I started this new podcast and and I'm starting to talk to people who have good stories and it's all about gratitude basically. Right. So for someone who's like stressing about little shit in their life, I want them to listen to my podcast and be like, you know what? My life ain't so bad. Uh, So this is
0: something I picked up from you very like your vibe from the stuff that I did watch. You're very just positive energy.
1: Oh, I tried to be, I wasn't always man. Trust me. It took a lot of long time to get to here, you know, but now I can't even imagine my life without it really. So I, um, so I went to go stay with him. It was downtown L.A. He was he was in law school about like a year or two left. And then he's like, yeah, you know, I'm actually getting cases right now. And I'm I'm, I'm talking t- and I'm in criminal law. So, you know, the, the, the pro bono cases at, at some of the, the firms that he's like working as an intern. They're like, yeah, we need you to take care of some of these cases and see what you can do. Try your best. Yeah. So, one of his cases was this guy up in uh, Northern California. He was in prison for 21 years. Jesus.
0: And And he was supposed to be potentially in there forever, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Given the circumstances, for sure. Uh, But he he was supposed to, you know, meet with him a couple of times. So, fly out from L.A. up to, like, close to San Francisco every month or two just to talk to him and, like, get information about his case and help working on his parole file, right? Because Mm. he's eligible for parole now for, like, maybe four or five years at that point. So, he just... um, they started get vibing, becoming friends with each other, and, and, and Art, Art is the guy's name, and Art was like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about getting out. I've been on a good path for the last four or five years, and I'm trying to figure out where to go with my life, and then they just really became friends, and that's the type of guy Mikey is, you know? Mikey a lawyer and everything like that. He's but like, just going to judge you on your... Yeah, your when I met him past. in Vietnam, I was like, right away, I know I'm going to visit this guy on the other side of the world.
0: Like, Well, what did this guy do to get in the slammer?
1: So, I'll, I'll tell you. So, he's... Um, 21 years ago, he was uh, he was only 16, at the time, and he was uh, he was rolling with a Mexican gang, and he was with this gang uh, since he was like the age of like eleven or twelve. And it's like you know, the age we start smoking weed is basically the, the age that these guys did. Start he rolling. not know his folks or something. He did, he knew his mom. Okay. His dad wasn't around. Well, uh, just,
0: yeah, good parents don't let their kid get into a Mexican gang when they're fucking eleven. Yeah, you know? but it's, har- it's Well,
1: it's a harsh reality, man. We're not. Oh talking, yeah, yeah, that's uh, insane. We're, we're not talking about Ottawa here, and we're not no, talking no, about real, Toronto yeah. even, because Toronto it's, like there's good enough social services in Canada that like it's we can still grow up in the hood and be okay. But in these neighborhoods, it was just like, man, the guys who were making it in the neighborhood and the guys who had like the street cred and the fame were the gangsters, Shit. all the older Yeah. It was just like, that. you you had to go. Cause that's where you made money. That's where you had power. That's where you had protection. Um, it, it, That's basically it. So th- it, he was describing it to me and he was like, this is the only life that they know. Right. And, and, and for us here, it's like, you know, I, I was thinking like, why don't you just stay in school? Why don't you just, you know, just keep working hard in school. And he's like, Nah, man, like no, even in the school system, no one made it in those neighborhoods. Uh, so, so he just got into that crowd, and um, by the time he was sixteen, he was already like three or four years in the gang. So, you know, start getting a lot more credibility, taking more and more ballsy, dangerous jobs, and just getting his rank up, basically, right? Uh, and so one day they planned like a, a home invasion, and it was like um, they were gonna home invade this guy in the neighborhood, this older guy, older like guy who owned guns legit, legitimately. They just knew he had them.
0: So they just wanted his weapons?
1: They just wanted his guns. Yeah, so they wanted his guns. So they basically, you know, four or five Doesn't guys. It seem
0: like the worst fucking person to steal from is someone that you know has guns? <laughs> like, yeah. Are but you these afraid guys he's m- going to use it on you? I don't know. Well, that these guys be... have their own guns too, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, they yeah. just wanted to up their they arsenal. They wanted to,
1: yeah, basically. That's, that's, t- that's the only way you got ahead, basically, right? Like a lot of robbery was kind of like a part of life and a part of the gang. So they, they had a whole elaborate plan to show up, you know, knock at the door and like break their way into the house, tie the guy up, tie up his wife and like just get him to open the safe, get the guns out and he they did that like they literally broke in and tied him up and the guy just was not giving up the the the, the password the guy was not opening up the safe so they started torturing him they started like beating him up and they started like you know open the damn safe open the damn safe it took like hours and he still didn't open it and do do you know what he said like when they kept on beating him he's like i'm not gonna let you take these guns onto the streets and harm innocent people and he was not letting up
0: There's a fucking responsible gun on it. Well, that's a a fucking
1: hero right there. Like if you ask me, that's that that, that dude's a fucking hero. So they literally like were beating the crap out of him until like at this. They were like, this is not going anywhere. We got to leave. But before we leave, what are we going to do? We're going to try to kill the guy, okay? Like, we're, like, that's
0: it. like. Why, because he's going to squeal on them or whatever? Yeah, but it, that was
1: just how it was back in the day, man. You ever watch, like, those old school movies, like, you know, Boys in the Hood and shit like that? Someone messes with you and, like, you want to get away from a crime scene? Like, you don't even want to take the chance of him snitching on mm. you. You got a gun, you got bullets, just just kill the guy. Damn. And you know what? Even if you kill the guy, they're not afraid to go to jail because when they're in prison, they have their own gang. They're the inside prison gang of the same gang to take care of you. So that's, that was just your life at the time. That was your reality. That, that's what a lot of these
0: guys grew up with. I got to imagine it's still not as good as being free, though, and being able to do whatever the hell oh, you want. Oh, like-
1: 100%. But then, like, how... They think that they're in the hood and they're struggling so much that like even bring free is whatever. You know what I mean? You yeah. go to prison, you don't gotta worry about paying for food you got and, food and yeah, yeah. you got
0: shelter and like you got guys to protect you. You know what I mean? What else do you need? It's like Trailer Park Boys where they like going to jail because <laughs> they have hockey tournaments. Yeah, and shit.
1: it's like <laughs> it's literally like that, but that that's the Canadian version. Yeah, yeah. I, guess, yeah, I just so. always thought that was hilarious. They're like, oh, I want
0: to stay in jail for like four more it's days. It's a reality, dude. It's when a they get out, they don't want to get out. It's a
1: reality, man. For some guys, they think it's not that bad in there, man. So they, so they just go and. Um, so, yeah, so the, anyways, they got caught. Um, there's really another crazy part of that story, too, that's in my podcast. So make sure you guys check that out. Yeah. Uh, but they, they escaped. They, they left at that point. So they, they're making their way out of the place now. And then uh, and then they got caught. Yeah, they, I think they, like, did a U-turn at, like, a stop sign or something. And then the cops pulled them over. And then all these guys oh, tried to make shit. off on foot. And then the, like, the, another fucked up part of that story is that, like, now he's in jail, right? He's juvie, 16, and now he has to face trial. And um, he's got no money for a lawyer. You know, he's just some, you know, a Mexican kid in a Mexican gang. So they had to, they assigned like a public uh, defender for him, like a crown attorney, basically, or like a defense attorney, uh, legal aid kind of type yeah, kinda yeah. thing.
0: The, the freebie stuff. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah. And the legal aid there didn't give a shit, especially when it came to like, you know, minority kids like that who are in gangs, because there's not much we can do for him anyways. Yeah. But... The guy told Art, he's like, okay, listen, like, given the circumstances, like, whatever they give you, just take it, because that's gonna be the best thing they give you. Which is like never ever what you should ever do in the court of law, oh, yeah. Because they're always gonna try to hard- hit you with the hardest shit. But he was so young and like he just didn't know. He just went along. with he it. He just it, went yeah. along with it, and he's like, yeah, you know, life sentence. Do you how do you plead? Guilty. Twenty one years, eleven days for armed robbery. No one was murdered.
0: Uh, torture's kind of fucked up though. It is fuck- I mean, hard. Yeah, yeah, I'm, the not, details, gonna, I'm not going to, but I'm
1: just thinking in Canada,
0: the only uh defense I would say that you really have to focus on is the if the guy was 16. Like, how is he getting a life sentence when he's a He only 16, yeah, exactly. And so, was he sentenced when he was 16 or, or sentenced, or, yeah, as an adult and 16. Crazy,
1: yeah. So, I mean, I, if he was in Canada for all that, of that happened, yeah. he would have probably got like three years, four years max, and then out, oh, complete sentence served, no, probably no probation. I don't, I don't know how the appeals work out and the uh, and the parole works out here but he was in prison for like 21 years and just a whole bunch of shit happened in prison too it wasn't like his life flew by and, and in fact it was the opposite his life went by at the, the speed of a snail basically
0: mm, that's how i always imagine prison
1: oh man it's uh, he talks a lot about what it's like in prison and and like how much what it's really like and what the gangs are like and what leaving the gang is cuz if you keep rolling with the gang in prison you're never going to leave basically
0: because you'll keep doing shit in prison. That you won't get you parole, at least. Add to your Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you'll keep doing shit. And he did commit another crime in prison, too, while he was in there. So that's that's part of the podcast, too.
0: Um, yeah, because I was going to say, in prison, it always seems like the smartest thing is just read books and exercise constantly. Yeah. What else are you going to do? build your brain and build your body
1: exactly exactly but there's only so much of that you can do too right i suppose yeah networking you, is probably
0: important but not when you're getting more yeah. shit added onto your sentence because you're getting into you know
1: drugs or co- yeah contraband and sneaking stuff in and assault and yeah uh, all that yeah,
0: stuff prison's fucking crazy I, just to think about that concept. he was in max
1: for a while eh? like maximum security uh, united like where they states put them in the shoe or whatever yeah federal federal state or state prison or something like that it was it was crazy
0: did he ever have to go in the the isolation room, though?
1: I think so. I'm not sure. We didn't actually talk about any isolation, but I'm sure at some points, probably.
0: And was he a victim of assault, I'm assuming, of some kind while he was hey, there? Hey, man, prison's prison. Well, I've always heard it's that not pleasant. Canadian prisons aren't as bad as the States, right? They can't be.
1: Probably not. It, it anyway. also probably depends on the people that are there, too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what level of prison it is, too. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm picturing this super Canadian prison in my head where they're like,
1: did you guys get your morning tin bits? <laughs> prison's prison's probably prison. Yeah, that's probably most prison. Part. I don't uh, know.
0: But something yeah, I hope to never have to find out firsthand.
1: Yeah, but but anyways, the, the 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 episode is not just really just about what he did and and you know being in prison. The the episode is a lot about rehabilitation too, right? And becoming a better person and, and being and getting back to God and be contributing and what what he wants for his life now that he's out.
0: Just make more of his time. Yeah.
1: Or well, yeah, just to, to live the life that he th- kind of got taken away from him. and It's um, got to be
0: weird to try to, like, ad- adapt back into society after that, it right? Was.
1: Well, especially at that time, 10 days. I, I mean, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, man, that okay. well, a year ago, like, literally, it's been almost a year. And he's like, I, it's, it's almost like a distant memory for me. Like, it was like my life, another another life ago. So he's adapting so Because so, so much has changed. Yeah. yeah, he's working now. He's got, like, he, nice. be, he, le- he learned to become a welder in prison. Like, um there's, there's classes you can take. So you got certified, you got out now he's working with the union doing like carpentry and, and, and a little bit of welding too and, and, and you
0: didn't get the vibe that he's gonna ever like start running back with the well bat that, here's here the thing Google. here's
1: the thing okay so an, another big part of my episode and what I wanted to convey was that you know we ha- we all have that 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 interpretation of what you know a life sentencer or, or a lifer or like someone who's out on parole is gonna probably want to go back in because that's what they're used to. Uh, for some for the guys that they actually let off on parole like the guys who actually get parole, it couldn't be anything further from the truth, because mm-hmm. these guys have literally worked like
0: hard, hard, like, hard, hard to get out. Yeah, you that. can't yeah. trick
1: parole judges to get you off. Like you yeah. cannot.
0: Well, no, I had heard that most of them end up back in jail because they have too hard of a time getting a good job. And then yeah. they end up resorting to crime because it's the easier way to get an income. And then because of the crime, they start running with the drugs and then they start, doing, yeah. you know, there's, slippery there's slope resources. and all that. You there's know? a
1: lot of resources now to help a lot of people who come out, right? They stay at a halfway house for a little while. They make sure that they have don't integrate officer, too fast. Right? They have parole officers, yeah, yeah, yeah. probation
0: officers. Drug tests regularly and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, drug tests regularly, yeah. but
1: these are mostly guys who have been in prison for like four or five years. The reoffenders, yeah. the guys who are actually like spending twenty plus years in prison, yeah. are the least likely to are the least likely recid like they have the least recidivism rate.
0: Well, they're trying to fight for the last twenty years of their life. Maybe you know they're like, I'm gonna, you know, may- let's just say you go in when you're twenty, you spend twenty five years in there. You're like, in your mid 40s now. Yeah. You want to get the fuck out there and live. Well, yeah, exactly. And some people
1: actually give up on that ho- that
0: hope. Really? Yeah. Right
1: when they're in prison. Yes. A lot of people are that's why they stay forever because they're like, "You know what? It's never going to work. It's never going to happen
0: because I'm not going to be able to fit in anymore." I'm not going to be able to fit in, people plus they're going to judge me. Well,
1: plus they probably get committed for other crimes when they're in prison too. So it adds on to their sentence. Hmm. And they don't care. They're already there, right? They're like, "Okay, whatever. I just think" Some point they have
0: to it. accept that. Yeah. yeah
1: their family all their friends they can't face them when they get out anyways they won't even remember them like it's so weird but he was he like he was like literally the perfect case because he, he mentioned this in, in the podcast too he said uh the, the parole judges the people who would decide if you get parole or not they they decide if you get parole if they think that you're you're suitable enough to be their neighbor to literally to live next door to them. Weird. Yeah. I mean that makes, oh, sense. makes sense. Yeah, makes yeah sense, it does right? make sense. That's, I just never heard that. That's very that's, interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of different things that he mentioned in this podcast that were just so eye opening for me. Definitely. And, and a lot awesome. And again, back to that point about wanting to make sure that people see inmates and, and life life like people like lifers out in the world in a different light. That's what I wanted, because I'm like these guys are people. These guys deserve a second chance. They they don't deserve our like condescending look at them. To think that they're, they're actually going to be like either unqualified at a job or like going to recommit or like not be a good worker or, or someone who's not trustable or reliable, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And he's like, they're going to be sketchy and jack their shit or like, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. He's
1: so human, dude. Like he, he's like, literally, you, you got to listen to it when you got time. Cause he's, oh, I will he's, 100%. Like, yeah. Like what he's gone through and what the price that he's had to pay for everything that he's done and all the repenting and, and, and all that it's, it's really turned him into uh, quite a, quite a human being.
0: That's a, a really amazing story. That's why I had to ask you about this, yeah. just because the, the concept made me think, wow. It changed my life, dude. Yeah, that's nice. Meeting nuts.
1: this guy changed my life. He's my friend now. And I'm, if I go down there, I'll stay with him. You know, I, I have no fear of, of him at all.
0: No, it sounds like yeah. uh, you, you know his energy, that he's not someone that you're going to have to worry. He's going to, like, stab you in the middle of the night or something. Yeah.
1: Well, he was a great companion to hang out with, too, because I was in L- L.A. on vacation, right? And I yeah. told you Mikey was in school there, so I barely had time to hang out with Mikey. He was so busy. So I had I had a rental car. at my own place. I had my own Airbnb, and that's where I recorded the podcast. He just showed you around and stuff. Yeah, like when he was able to get out of his place, like the like the the halfway house that he was staying at. Like I actually went to go help him get his like driver's license, his oh, nice. his uh, social security card. I even took him to a Clippers game, like a, like a LA Clippers. Yeah, literally, it was fun because like yeah, I wanted to I go appreciated too. Appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, and and like to bring, and he was like, man, we were having. He was in front of the Staples Center and taking pictures and getting inside there and. You go. Oh, he was freaking out, man. And, and so was I. Cause I was like, man, this is my first time in the Staples Center, too. So it was it was a uh, it was a really awesome trip, man. That's super cool. Yeah. man.
0: And I'm sure like you just made his whole experience so much easier. Yeah. Getting back out there. Like, here's this person I don't know. Yeah. It's just accepting me and being like, hey, I know what you did. It's OK. Oh, man. I trust you. Like, I'll give you a hug or whatever, you know, like. I wish, goes a long way.
1: I wish they all had that because like when I would go pick him up at his halfway house and he would introduce me to some of his friends and some of the people that were staying there, they were all on in jail or all in prison for murder. No oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. All of them. He was like the only one who actually was like life sentence parole, and, and there was no murder involved. Mm-hmm. And I was meeting all these guys too. And there was like, yeah. And I'd be like, Hey, yeah. You know, there's Tom or, and there's Anthony or whatever. And then like I get in the car, I'd be like, Hey, so what were those two guys in for? And he was like, yeah, both murder
0: first degree. And I was like, Whoa. But did you get sketchy vibes? No, 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 no.
1: They were cool, man. They were just trying to get their life back together, too. You know, trying to get jobs and just trying to... I don't think they were trying to cause trouble.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The murder thing, I got to be honest, would kind of freak me out. I'd have to know the circumstance. hundred percent. Like, if it was self-defense or some shit or, like... Yeah, I'd still
1: still be a little bit on guard around these people for sure. But, like, it's just, uh, I I mean... It's
0: a tricky thing. Like, if someone does something like that... it's obviously a heinous, horrible thing to have happen. Of course, but let's say it's somewhat accidental, or, or you know, it's circumstantially, uh, you well, know, I, a, I, a I, gang fight or well, something. Well, there's
1: no excuse, really. There's no. Excuse no, there isn't. But, yeah. but,
0: let's say it wasn't premeditated and it was, it was somewhat of an accident. Moment, like, how long do you yeah. punish someone for? How, do, uh, how do they live with themselves? It depends it's, who you ask, man it's that, insane yes
1: that's, that's why i don't that's why I, uh, i'm not a judge and i don't want to be one
0: that's why i'm a peaceful person and i don't yeah. get into fights and i don't risk ever getting into any kind of situation like that you know For because sure, you man. hear about people who get um there was a guy i went to fucking school with in high school i'm not gonna name him but uh we weren't like good friends but i smoke joints with them sometimes yeah. you know how weed can make you hang out with people that you normally oh, wouldn't okay. really hang out with Friendly strangers <laughs> um yeah because they thought i was a dork and and you know they were super gangsta and shit and um He apparently, a couple years after high school, I had heard this story about a guy on Elgin Street who got into an argument or something with, I learned, was this guy that I knew from school. And uh, the dude, the other guy, got punched. Like, he turned around, I guess, to leave the argument. And the guy I went to school with punched him in the back of the head. Which is a fighting thing you do, I guess. But the guy ended up, like, dropping to the ground, and he, like, died from it, like, a few days later. Yeah, man. Oh, that's terrible, man. Oh, jeez. Isn't fuck. that fucked? Like, I'm sure the guy I knew from school wasn't trying to kill the guy. Yeah, just but he was a fucking oh, asshole yeah, yeah, in yeah, school. Yeah. Like, yeah, no,
1: don't punch a guy in the back of the fucking head, man. If you're going to punch him, punch He's him He's trying in to walk away face. from the fight, yeah, yeah, dude, you know? Yeah, dude, like but uh, that's anyways. a pretty cowardly thing to do but hey you never do but he did kill he probably wasn't intending to kill the guy but
0: but he got like manslaughter or something or whatever whatever the accidental one well, is. manslaughter
1: in canada is probably like what 10 years max i,
0: I don't think. know i think i'm not hoping to run into him yeah exactly. <laughs> and i wasn't surprised when i heard don't him. turn your back thing. on him that's
1: for sure do not turn your back on this guy
0: <laughs> i it made me wonder like uh what his childhood must have been like because when i heard he had done that it didn't surprise me because he was like always a fucking just he was like a pit bull man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not to give pit bulls a bad name because a lot of pit bulls are sweet. Yeah, yeah, but you know yeah. what I mean. The, He's like a metaphorically up like that energy that pit bulls are supposed to have. He had that kind of just like always trying to puff the chest and yeah, and make fun of somebody else and make himself look cool and uh, like just a fucking dick. You it know? all goes back
1: to childhood, man. Everything, yeah. yeah, everything.
0: It's got to be just shitty parents, I guess, or a lack of any lack parenting. Of parenting, lack yeah.
1: of attention, lack of care. You know, sad man. Yeah.
0: I wish every every kid deserves to have a fucking healthy upbringing and love. Man, that's it. And like most of the problems in the world are created by people who don't have that or didn't have that. I would Well, wager- that's our that's I'd our wager. job as
1: parents, right? Really. Like that's how I feel as a parent. That's my parenting philosophy really. Is give this kid like the best childhood I can.
0: Yeah. Well, like not spoiling them or whatever, no, 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 but that's like, not what I mean at all. No, no, but no, 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 no but yeah. like just um you know, Let that feeling enjoy of
1: yeah, enjoying being loved and like, you know, just giving them
0: trust and comfort and and you know it's a strong foundation right if yeah you, if
1: you build this this emotional intelligence uh in your kid they'll just be better equipped i guess they'll know, learn to, to the spread world. that you know yeah, yeah. and spread that because now they'll have like a, a like a full cup to pour from you know what i mean
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: so that, that's my philosophy on love too it's like you get this love when you're a kid and like it needs from both like parents if like ideally you know and you uh take pieces
0: from both yeah, yeah pieces I from actually, both i wrote something in my uh phone the other day yeah uh, because I thought about my parents and how, cause my parents are kind of different. Uh, like my dad's very scientific. I mean, I said they were both biologists, but my mom's very into spiritual stuff and my yeah. dad's more like borderline atheist. Um, but I wrote something the other day that was like my, my dad, I got to check my phone remember what it was. Mm, check it out.
1: Yeah. Are we doing for time? Oh, it's all. Okay. Perfect. Two thirty almost. Oh, that's yeah. That's fine. That's good. fine. I think
0: we're good. Um, okay. where is it?
1: Cause you'd forgot to set the clock back on that. And I was like, Oh shit. Is it too oh, funny? It,
0: did that one die? Oh no, no. no, no you no, mean, uh, yeah, daylight saving yeah, daylight time. Uh, where the hell is it? Oh, yeah, my dad put a good head on my shoulders while my mom helped me put my soul in the clouds or something like that. you know, like I felt like I got a really good mixture with the way my parents raised me because my dad was very like grounded mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my mom was a lot more let me explore my artistic side of things. Not so that my important. dad didn't support that stuff, but you know what I mean? my dad can't draw for shit and <laughs> he, he likes Aerosmith and Deep Purple and that's it uh, no like well Le- Leonard Cohen to a couple more but you're not like a huge music guy right um those whereas those my mom men. is like into all arts forms like anyways so uh yeah I do think that having a mixture of but mainly love it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. all that is details love is, is the foundation yeah exactly you know?
1: once they have that then they then they have something to spread otherwise they have a hole, right? This is what I see. Like if you don't if you don't fill the kid up, he'll have like shortcomings and a bit of a hole that or like a bit of a, a void that needs filling. And then these folks, I think, will grow up and going out in the world and, like, trying to find things to fill that void a little bit, right, that they didn't get.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, the middle ground because there's other kids that get filled up with poison, which is the parents who beat the shit out of them or teach them, like, horrible life lessons. Yeah, I wouldn't about. call
1: that filling. I would just call that, like, neglect and unfilling, yeah. basically. Unfilling, well, no, because uh,
0: kids are, um, yeah, filling the hole sounds gross. Or, or, but but, yeah, um, they both make sense, yeah. They're but they're kids are, like, a, an empty vase or whatever, like, a, yeah. that sounds weird, too. Ah, it's, it's <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're, they're so... Like a sponge is the better way to put it. Like Mm -hmm. children's brains are just a sponge. They're so ready to absorb. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to fill them with hate and anger and judgment and racism and Mm -hmm. homophobia and all that other shit, it's just like. They're gonna turn out to be horrible people, and it's so unfair that the kids don't get a choice. Well, you know, they
1: actually, the kids who grew up out of that environment and end up be doing well, I guess, like those are the ones who kind of like turn away from their
0: family. They really overcome. Yeah, Yeah, they they literally
1: just like they just give up their family like at the age of like eighteen, nineteen, and never talk to them again. That's got to be so hard too. That's oh yeah, pretty much just as hard as because even if your parents
0: are horrible people, you still have this like biological like magnet feeling towards your your. Biological yeah. family, I think. No, no, I, you think know. I agree too. Like if you hate ever, your brother, you're still like, yeah, but I kind of love him. Uh, and yeah. if I found out he died, I'd be really upset. Still, you know, it's weird. It's weird how love can be complicated like that.
1: Well, it's like it's like what they say in the Bible and what they say in a lot, a lot of religions. It's like you have to have respect for your parents, right? And it's, it's like a big part of it. And it's your elders. It's one of the commandments. It's one of the commandments, basically, right? That your honor. I don't know. I'm not a Christian or anything like that, but I think it's in there for a reason. Honor thy mother and father. Or something yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah, because yeah. like it's a part of like what what God wants and like in Buddhism is the same way. You got to really like, you got to honor your parents no matter what, or right? you got to respect them no matter what. Well, I was going to say even yeah. just
0: more broadly honoring elders and people who have come before yeah. us who yeah, have yeah. life experience, yeah, of course, who have um, traditions and things that have helped them as uh, you know, and you can't get too stuck up in that. That's the other end of the spectrum. People who are like, this is the way it's always been. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, sometimes yeah. things need to fucking evolve. And that's just like, yeah, you, you need know, to find a good middle ground, You need a level of adaptability, you know?
1: Yeah, And then the opposite of that is that there's a lot of people who are especially young people coming up and they, they they come into an industry and they think they know everything right away and they get really cocky about it. Yeah. And then they just kind of like block off their ability to learn
0: from the sage wise people who are yeah. like, hey, guess what? I've had moments like that, too, where I was on and up you're gonna have it down to like those guys you know learn quick
1: man those guys will learn quick you know? yeah yeah they think they got it all figured out until they don't
0: yeah exactly yeah. you need to listen to the yodas and the obi-wans you have to man well <laughs> you just
1: got to respect them either. you don't have to agree with anything that they say really but it's just man like you got to respect the ogs yeah uh, when, when you get into the scene
0: yeah baby yodas don't know shit yeah, yeah 50 hey. years old that's nothing you got to be like 900 like the real yoda yeah, exactly. um so if we should probably wrap up soon i know you got to get out of here but um I got to ask you the superpower question. We always ask people if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Flying is not allowed. Mm. We, we vetoed that a well, while who ago.
1: Who wants to, be fl- who to just, fl- just fly anyways? Well, like, you can only pick one power. You can go on an airplane.
0: You can't pick like a character. You have to pick a power. One superpower, you walk out of here with that power. Like, what would it be? You know. And we've had some pretty interesting answers. Probably to heal people. Cool. Yeah. Man, that's so yeah. altruistic of you.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think if I could, I mean, what more satisfaction can you have?
0: Hopefully you could use it for yourself.
1: Yeah, hopefully. But even if I couldn't, I would still take the power.
0: Yeah, man. You know what I mean? You'd be, like, loved everywhere you went. You'd just yeah. go into, like, children's cancer wards and like heal everybody well, you
1: can literally make a story about that too like i'm a whole marvel movie behind something like that because because like, imagine i'm giving myself my own energy to heal someone else when i can't heal myself you know what i mean interesting you there's been make... a
0: couple characters in marvel like that yeah? i'm such a nerd that i actually yeah there's a x-men character called elixir he has like gold skin and he can heal people uh, maybe he can heal himself though i bet he probably can't actually
1: i know like wolverine like regenerates himself but like, silver
0: I'm... surfer can heal people because oh, okay. he can rearrange matter really okay yeah okay. there's been a few uh, um you know angel from the x-men yeah yeah the guy with so, the metal wings and stuff uh, well that was when he became archangel he oh that's the oh, same guy okay okay yeah so angel's got a crazy story he was kind of uh, boring right when the x-men started he was just a dude with wings and on a team full of like guy can shoot lasers out of his eyes this guy can turn into ice it's like i have wings okay scout ahead buddy like so uh i, th- I think the writers wanted to spice him up but they had a storyline i think it was called mutant massacre where one of the marauders, which are, like, these bad guys at Mr. Sinister, his, like, goons or whatever, Yeah, yeah. there's this guy named Harpoon, super original name, <laughs> he throws harpoons. Oh, it's like uh, Scorpion. Yeah, but no, like, the big long javelins, yeah, 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 kind of. Yeah. yeah. And he uh, basically impales both of his wings to the point where they have to get amputated, mm. and then Warren Worthington, the guy who is Angel, he ends up getting super depressed and distraught because his whole life, like, flying his, his, his like, escape, you know, and now he's, like, just... He's still a rich billionaire playboy, but uh, he's off the X Men because he's got no powers, I guess, you know? Mm. So he tried to kill himself flying his plane into a mountain or whatever, his mm-hmm. private jet. And then Apocalypse, who's the super, oh, you know, oh, yeah, the, 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 the oldest yeah. mutant from ancient Egypt or yeah, whatever, the, the Thanos, basically, he like manipulated the, his genes and he makes him yeah, into Archangel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Anyways, what I was going to say was later on, years and years and years later in comics, they made certain mutants started having. Um, in X-Men secondary mutations where they were like developing new powers. Mm. So an example would be like Emma Frost back in the day. She was just the white queen. She had mental powers. That was it. But then she got a secondary mutation where she could turn her skin into diamond. Oh, wow. Which you might have seen in the movies. I think so, yeah. But uh, anyways, Angel long fucking point here angel's secondary mutation was that his blood could heal people oh really just his blood though
1: so he would have to spill it on someone or, or?
0: transfusions or whatever Oh, okay but you know blood of an angel it was kind of like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. symbolic i guess yeah. but uh, yeah that's a really cool answer man i, I never would have thought well because you have always got
1: a power to hurt people into assault right like an like an attack but like or just, or yeah.
0: maybe not like aggressive but certainly people pick things that are like self-serving like oh I want to be super fast so I can get to work on time. It's like hey, generally go, not go work like Work
1: out in the gym. Like do do like
0: don't skip a leg day. You'd be super fast. You thought about it like a hero. Yeah, I, uh, I
1: just think about it, like what would help me in my life right now. You know because I just see so much people hurting and in pain all the time and with like struggling within and yeah. And, hopefully
0: you could heal their mental pain too. Like, oh, it you know? would be a
1: part of it. It'd be about it would be holistic for sure. That's right? awesome. Man. Yeah, but I, I should c- start
0: asking people what would their superhero name be after they pick that power. Uh, yeah. you know what I mean. That's gonna be a harder question. Be I called think. triage. Yeah, triage. something like that. <laughs> yeah, public uh, nurse. <laughs> <laughs> um shit man okay well i guess uh, that's pretty much it we'll we'll play around on the arcade and we'll do a picture and shit but uh right, cool. other than that thanks a lot for coming on man i really yeah, no, appreciate
1: probably. it I, I'll, I'll plug my shit if i can i guess of course yeah yeah so coach ac on youtube uh instagram djac underscore i'm sure that that's all this cameras, is gonna get yeah. I, yeah, everything i'm sure is gonna get popped up on the the internet the uh, information and stuff but yeah i'll uh, put
0: something in the in the list at the yeah bottom.
1: but join the army uh everyone get together you know raise love raise peace and spread good vibes, man, and and hopefully I get to speak to you again. I feel course, like we man. could yeah come back any Oh yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. You could come on my show and stuff. And
0: we literally just met. Right? Yeah. We talked yeah. like what three fucking messages. And we on could Messenger. literally still
1: we could still go. Like I'm literally if I didn't have a meeting to go to, I could stay here all day. Oh yeah, so, yeah. we
0: like I mean I went through some of my stuff, but we we've been freeballing it here and it's yeah. been awesome, man. Um yeah, so we always high five at the end. All right. Seems like conducive with the message you're doing here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna use my new subscribe thing. So subscribe up here. And uh, check out whatever video YouTube's recommending for you down in this general area. Um, yeah, that's it. Have a good one, everybody. Peace.
1: Awesome, man. That was fun. Yo.